This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Well, it's going to come at you early this morning, real early this morning. I, You know I do this uh, video, Lou Rapino. that's Love Song by The Cure, getting you going on a Monday morning. I do this uh, video pretty much every morning. It's on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. I do like this uh, minute video, and I promote the guests coming up that day and some of the topics Chinese spy balloons, Kyrie Irving, you know, all that good stuff, migrants. And uh, then I go back and look at it. And I have to say that uh, some days, this is going to sound really dicky, really early on a Monday morning. Yeah, but, why not? But some days I just, I can't believe. <laughs> Please, no. As I get ready to turn 56 in April, I can't believe how handsome I am. I just, I mean. Today, for example, I'm wearing a black button-down Fury shirt with a pair of black jeans and black shoes and a bright orange sports jacket, which I purchased from Anthony at the garage, the legendary garage in Brooklyn. I looked at the video, and I'm like, geez, you just don't see that. I mean, especially in radio. One thing on TV, I'm sure, last night, I didn't watch one second of it, not one second, the Grammys, not a second. I expect good-looking people to be there, Beyonce, I guess. I don't even know. But in radio, they ain't a lot of good-looking guys in radio. Well, let's be honest. He's fat and old. And, and then I look at this video, I'm like, I mean, no wonder I'm in movies. I mean, does it sound as bad as I think it sounds, Lewis? No, it's actually pretty damn accurate, I would <laughs> have to say. 
I'm actually thinking of having uh, some of the uh, engineering staff put a lock on that studio door so that I'm not tempted to just run during commercials in there and, and kiss do, me and do ungodly things to you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and a, you're not even gay. You're, you're, you're as heterosexual as they come, but no, there's just... I'm comfortable with just jumping you. I don't care. <laughs> you're okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine with it because uh, you only live once. That's how I look at things. So today's a big day. I've, um, I started my radio career back in 1998. I've told you this story many, many times. Mike Levy, Sportsline USA, Cypress Creek Road, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's where it all started. And I started, guys named Ross Levinson and Mark Mariani, by doing an Internet radio show. Had like six listeners. Some serviceman in Japan, some serviceman in Austria. That was our listeners. And they hired a guy by the name of Scott Kaplan. And uh, Scott was a very successful kicker. At the University of Pittsburgh, tried out for a couple of NFL teams, the Lions, the Chargers, to name a few, got into radio in Miami. And he produced for a very famous sports talk show host in Miami named Hank Goldberg, who, by the way, died last year. And then he got his own shows doing weekends and stuff like that and was an oncoming star, I guess, in Miami. So Levy starts this Internet sports company. Mind you, Sportsline USA was the first one before ESPN.com, FoxSports.com, before any of them, Mike Levy had the first one, Sportsline USA. And he decided to start an Internet radio show and a whole Internet radio division, and he hired young Scott Kaplan to kind of head it. Scott looked at it like a great opportunity. He got stuck in the company. Who knows what can happen? And uh, one day, Scott was walking down the aisle, customer service, mind you, and he heard some fast-talking Brooklyn kid, and he said, oh, my God, I want that guy. So the boss came to me, and he said, his name was Ross Levinson, and he's made millions and millions of dollars, New York guy. And he said, uh, what's your name? And I said, I'm Sid Rosenberg. So just so you folks know, I was down in Florida because I had to go to drug rehab. So I went to rehab in Boca, and I was married about three years at the time. Now I'm married 30. And Danielle met me down there. Got me this job doing customer service overnight at this Internet sports company. And so the boss walks down and goes, what's your name? I go, Sid. He goes, man, are you from New York? I go, yeah. You know a lot about sports, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, everything about doing radio. I said, well, i got to be honest. Back in New York, I would call Mike and the Mad Dog. Have you heard of them? He goes, of course. He said, I would call them once in a while. Sid from Brooklyn talk about the Knicks, the Mets, the Rangers. But, no, I... I Never thought about doing radio, never took a communications class, none of that stuff, you know. He goes, well, I, I think you should try it. I said, well, Ross, I'm making $8 an hour right now. Wow. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so they teamed me up, this uh, internet radio show, with this guy, Scott Kaplan. And in one year, we went from doing internet radio to doing terrestrial radio, syndicated at one point by Joel Hollander and Westwood One in almost 70 markets. Sports Fan Radio Network, about 65 markets. And then in the year 2000, they traded us literally in exchange for fantasy sports advertising to 102.7 FM WNEW in New York, where Scott and I started our New York radio career. On a station with Leslie Gold and Ron and Fez and Don and Mike and Opie and Anthony and all those guys. It didn't last. Scott and I were at each other's throats. The show was terrible, and they fired him and brought in a guy named Craig Carton. You've heard of him. Uh, and Scott moved out to San Diego. 
and started doing sports in the year 2000 in San Diego. And now, 23 years later, he's still out there, San Diego, Los Angeles. We went through many years of sniping at each other in the media. I mean, really nasty stuff. And years and years ago, at one of the Super Bowls, I forget which one, where we had dinner, got together, and decided to bury the hatchet. And the last five, six, seven years, we become like brothers. So Scott has another company that he owns, Sided, which is an, kind of like a Twitter deal. And he's getting funding now and all these things. So Scott is in New York for the weekend. He's actually staying at the same hotel that me, Danielle, and Gabe are staying at. He wanted to stay close to us. I said, stay in the same hotel. Why not? We had a great dinner together at Wolfgang's, which is a great steakhouse, on a Saturday night. And now Scott's going to come in this morning and co-host the 9 o'clock hour. Yes, for the first time in 23 years, Scott and Sid back together. The return is here. He actually works now at 710 a.m. in Los Angeles, big sports station out there on the West Coast. I'm here doing this. So that'll be fun. And then, as if that's not enough, if you go to today's New York Post, and this is a great job by my guy John Katsimatidis, who I love dearly, John and Margot Katsimatidis, Chad Lopez too, but John did this. Page 28 in today's New York Post, you're going to see a really nice color ad, which reads, Sid and Friends in the Morning, New York's number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show. And then there are 12 pictures of different quote-unquote friends that have reoccurring roles on this show. John Katsimatidis, Bill O'Reilly, Mayor Eric Adams, who actually spoke to on Saturday night. He was on the way to that cop shooting, and we texted each other. That was a very sad story. Mayor Eric Adams will join us this week. The Honorable Peter King, Rudy Giuliani, Curtis Sliwa, but now decided to put Curtis on three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. The Judge, Andrew Napolitano, Andrew Giuliani, Rich Lowry, Joe Tacopina, Bo Deedle, and the best one of all, Naomi Rosenberg. Yes, a picture of my mom, Naomi, in today's New York Post, and she is psyched. She loves it. So those are the uh, 12 pictures. Check it out. Beautiful color ad, page 28 in today's New York Post, the number one Nielsen News Talk morning show in New York City, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. That's me, that's us, sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. So I guess uh, the big news, where is uh, Philip? I need uh, Phil. <laughs> it's going to be a wacky week. I know, it's not going to be back. easy. Yeah, they Justin Ellick went to uh, Costa Rica. What a stupid week for him to go to Costa Rica, especially because he's a diehard Philadelphia Eagle fan. And it just so happens that on Sunday the Eagles are playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. And as, as of right now, Justin is still going to be in Costa Rica for the Super Bowl. Right. That's that makes watching. no sense. I, he didn't even know that's how the plan was going to go. But he's not coming back until after the Super Bowl. <laughs> Which is like his father's a big Eagle fan. The whole family's getting his, together. I think his father's going. His dad is going, huh? Yeah, I think so. They got. They spent almost uh, 
Ten grand. And this guy is uh, in Costa Rica. Well, the, this ticket's trying to bang thirteen-year-old yes. chicks. Yeah, well, that's going to be the whole week. Yes, <laughs> gross, <laughs> gross. You could, you're seething with jealousy, right? Oh, of now. course, yeah. Now, who's he going with? You know, I there's a couple of his friends are going to. Oh, a couple of his friends. There. Yeah, and one of his friends works down there. Uh, that's the story. Ah, uh, yes. So they've decided, hey, let's go down this week. All right. Well, I do want to get to the Kyrie Irving trade. That's a huge story. And uh, the Metro paper, it's a, it's a paper you get when you go on the subway. And I saw a bunch of those lying on the floor as I hopped on the Ford train this morning from 33rd Street to 51st Street. has a big picture of Kyrie Irving on the cover of it, and it reads, Good riddance. And I couldn't say it any better. Irving now in his fourth season with the Nets. By the way, he very rarely plays. He played like 20 games his first year. 54 games his second year, 29 games his third year. Now, this year he's played in 40 games, but if you look at the almost four-year history of Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn Nets, he never plays. He's always hurt. Same thing with Kevin Durant. This guy, Ben Simmons, never plays. But Kyrie, of course, the anti-Semitic comments, the nastiness throughout the whole COVID situation, just this unlikable, gross exterior, and no one's going to question his basketball ability. Kyrie Irving is a magnificent basketball player, but he's such a jerk-off that I don't know why anybody would want to play with the guy, root for the guy. I don't care if the Nets don't win a game again the rest of the season. And, and, and mind you, I would trade Kevin Durant, too, because I think Kevin Durant is also a troublemaker, not on the same level as Kyrie, but I would just start all over. They got a first-round pick and a bunch of second-round picks for Kyrie. If they can get anything, I doubt they can. But if they can't for Kevin Durant because he makes too much money, I would do that too. Get rid of all of them. Start over, get all these draft choices, and build yourself a young, potentially good and decent basketball team without all these, like I said, jerk-offs. Come on, next question. Hey, Phil, get in here. I see him walking around. I see a white sweatshirt. We're also going to have to go to the Chinese spy balloon story. Phil, uh, sit down for a second. You're our, our NBA guy. Phil actually loves the NBA. So does my son, Gabriel. Gabriel and I played basketball yesterday at the YMCA on 14th Street. Had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And he follows this league very, very closely. And he's become a diehard New York Knicks fan. You can do it from there. What are you doing? Well, what's, nothing's changed. I know Justin's not here, but you can still sit next to Lou and talk next to Lou. And Diego's in there now. No, Diego doesn't have to be in there. You can be in there. Well, Diego can be in the newsroom. I mean, unless you're doing stuff, but why is... Yeah, uh, I'm kind of just doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't want that. I, I want to be able to look at you and talk to you and let Diego stay in the newsroom. Okay. All right. Uh, the Kyrie Irving Brooklyn Nets trade. Is that a good trade, bad trade? Tell me about it. Uh, it's good for the Jewish community of New York. That's well, we sure. know that. That's right. But on a basketball note, I mean, Dallas is a sixth seed out west. They're only two games over 500. Doncic, of course, is one of the best players in the NBA. One of the best players to come around in a long time. But that's all they've got. When you add Kyrie Irving to Luka, now you've got a really serious one-two punch. Assuming Kyrie can keep it together mentally, how much better do the Mavericks become now? I don't know if they become that much better. Like they already made the what? West, they made the Western Conference Finals last year, right? I don't think their ceiling becomes. Well, right any. now they're only two games over five hundred this year. I know they've been struggling this year. They've been hit with some injuries. Their defense is horrible, and that's a big reason as, as to why I'm not too sure Kyrie is going to do too much. He's not a great defender. Uh, it's going to be a going to be a whole lot of dribbling in Dallas. A whole both, lot of dribbling. Both those guys love having the ball in their hands. They they do their thing for twenty seconds off the shot clock, and that's how they work. It's honestly, I'm not too crazy about this deal for Dallas. 
You're, you're trying, not. No, because Kyrie could walk in three months. You know this guy is like a walking. Well, yeah, but, 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 but people that don't realize this, don't follow the NBA closely, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks is Mark Cuban, Shark Tank Mark Cuban. He's got a ton of money, so money's not going to be an issue. Also Jewish. I know Mark Cuban's Jewish, but he's not the type of guy to be davening on a Saturday at a local Shalom. temple in Dallas. So he's not really Jewish. He's Jewish like Ron Kuby and Bernie Sanders are Jewish. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, that, that doesn't really matter. Uh, he'll give them the money, and he wants to win, Would you and go, that's a good one-two punch. Are you going to – like, he has the money, but in, in terms of, like, you know, salary cap, like, it's not like baseball where you have a Steve Cohen, and it's as you could pay these players as much money as your pockets allow. Right. Like, for, for something like basketball, like, there's only a certain amount of salary you could give to your team. Yeah. If you have this horrible contract for a player – it's going to ruin your team for the next yeah. few years. Well, that's Kevin Durant, basically, in Brooklyn. Uh, the Nets, believe it or not, are 32 and 20. People don't realize this, but right now they're the four seed. Only Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia have better records than Brooklyn inside the Eastern Conference. Did they just go from a four seed to basically eliminated? It depends on when Kevin Durant comes back. But Durant's going to win games by himself? This team sucked without Kevin Durant anyway. They, they could right, barely so, win without so that, him. That's my point. So No, I, think, I don't think the Nets are done. Before the trade, the trade deadline is on Thursday. I think they're going to make another big move. Oh, you do, or at least try. Yeah. They're going to add talent. I I think they they might. Re- what if they don't? What if this is it? Uh, they're they're they're, done? they're a playoff team, but probably a first round exit again. And they're a playoff team. I well, they're going. Yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Okay. Right now, by the way, the Knicks at twenty nine and twenty six are the seven seed inside the Eastern Conference, and of course, eight teams make the playoffs in each conference. Thank you for that, though, Phil. Well, technically, sorry, six make it, and then they have the play-in. Right, Seven that's right. Very good. Thank you. Uh, and the biggest news story, of course, this weekend was we shot down that Chinese balloon. Supposedly, Biden and the White House knew about it for a long time. They did nothing about it. They came up with this crappy excuse. We wanted to wait till the balloon was over water. This way, debris would not injure people on the ground. Complete nonsense. Once again, Joe Biden lying. Once again, the White House lying. If you don't believe it, listen to the real folks on the news this weekend, like this guy, Ted Cruz, on Face the Nation. Not exactly a conservative show on Channel 2 on Sunday. He uh, at least commends Biden for shooting it down. But then we learn the truth. This is Ted Cruz, Lewis, cut number six. I want to start by doing something that I don't do very often, uh, which is commending Joe Biden for actually having the guts to shoot this down. That was the right thing to do. That is absolutely what the president should have done. Unfortunately, he didn't do that until a week after it entered U.S. airspace. He allowed a full week for the Chinese to conduct spying operations over the United States, over sensitive military installations, exposing not just photographs, but the potential of intercepted communications. All right, that was Ted Cruz on Face the Nation. He spoke more yesterday. So did Biden. I want one more cut. This is uh, Tom Cotton out of the great state of Arkansas, Lou. He says the president failed this test. This is Tom Cotton Lewis, cut number eight. What began as a spy balloon has become a trial balloon, testing President Biden's strength and resolve. And unfortunately, the president failed that test. Uh, And that's dangerous for the American people. All right. The president failed that test. That's Tom Cotton. Lots more on the spy balloon, the latest migrant crisis. Mayor Eric Adams here in New York. And once again, a great guest list today that includes Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Gordon Chang, Rob Matty, live on Radio Row Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix, Arizona. And my first ever co-host in radio, live in studio for the final hour of today, my good buddy Scott Kaplan. As always, the number 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. 
Good morning to Bobby Cornicelli. He loves that first segment every day. Thank you, Bobby. Great show ahead of you, folks. Monday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Today, I was uh, very, very close to going to see Bruce tomorrow night at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. My dear friend Jimmy Allen, Mike Sullivan, and Peter Castellano, and all those guys were going stay at the uh, hotel in Fort Lauderdale for two or three days, and even got clearance from my good buddy Chris Olivero, who runs all of the Odyssey stations here in New York, to get studio time down in Miami to do this show from there. That's how far we got, me and Danielle. But uh, Danielle got uh, her old job back, and now he can't go. So Bruce will be in Fort Lauderdale tomorrow, but he's coming here. He'll be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, no thanks. He'll be at, I think, PNC in New Jersey, no thanks. He'll be at Madison Square Garden. I will be at that show and can't wait. And I saw the story in the business section this morning in the New York Post. Lewis, I know you saw the same that Springsteen tickets, which you can buy, I think, the face value. I spoke to um, little Stevie, Stephen Van Sant, last week because Danielle and I bought a bunch of tickets to give out for our charity. Raffle some up as well for the Dyspraxia Foundation for DCD. And um, they're about three or $400 face value. But uh, what I read this morning, you read the same, Lewis, is yep. that they're selling these tickets for $4,000 a piece? Yeah, fine. 
Which I thought, you know, when I, when I read it, like I know Barbara Streisand, for example, she sells 5,000, like it wasn't like an outrageous number, like 20,000 or 50,000. I mean, 4,000 is a lot, but I've heard numbers much bigger than that, haven't you? <laughs> Would you really pay that? Come on, four. Well, I wouldn't pay it because I'm, I'm a superstar. I get it for free. But, right. Well, of course, that goes without saying. Yeah, so don't even bother that. But, but uh, yeah, I would. But the but it made if I had the money. Backstreets shut down. Did you see that? What That's do you mean? The the uh, publication that that uh, talks about Springsteen, which has been going for forty three years. They shut it down. Yeah, shut. It got it shut down. What do you mean it shut down? It's it. They shut them. Who's they? Bruce didn't own it. No, got it. It was yeah. No, it was uh, run by fans, I believe. Yeah. It was a fan. Why they? Sh- oh, because they're angry because he's charging too much money for the tickets. Yeah, well, they're mad about the manager saying it seems like a fair price. Two, three hundred dollars for a ticket is is a fair value for the stature of Springsteen. Well, it is, but not four thousand. No. Three hundred bucks is perfectly fair. Yeah, I, I think he's. It said, uh, regardless of the commentary about a modest number of tickets costing one grand or more, yeah. our true average ticket price has been in the mid two hundred. That's range. true. I just I, told you, I bought them from Van Zandt for three hundred bucks. I believe that in today's environment, that is a fair it price is. to see someone. But this is why a couple of weeks ago, you may remember after the whole Taylor Swift thing, there were actually meetings on the hill. About Ticketmaster, the whole Taylor Swift thing, but I guess there are people out there that are getting fed up with some of these outrageous ticket prices. Well, when if they start getting empty seats, yeah. it'll really it, it'll become an issue. But you know that there's not gonna, there's not going to be one seat in the house that's empty. Of course not, not it's one. Not yeah. they could make ten thousand dollars. That's right, and yeah. people will still somehow will pay. But are, are who? What fans can get to go? What fans? Real fans. Or well, rich people aren't real fans? No. Well, what do you mean, no? On. How? What do you mean? Well, well, I couldn't afford that. Okay, but I can. Yeah, right. But there's there are fans who will never get to go. Well, I, I'm, I'm, am I supposed to feel badly for those fans? Yes. Okay, I'll get a better job. <laughs> Make more money. <laughs> okay, you Joe. Me? You got it, Joe. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no, you know, you're right. Why don't just right. make gas prices? Yeah. Why don't just make them like, you know, 100 bucks? No, you're right. That's fine. Fine. Yeah. So rich people can drive, and we can't. It, it doesn't just, seem fair. No, You're right. The the fight is monopoly. That's all it's about. Well, Ticketmaster's got the monopoly on these tickets anyway, right? We, yeah, that's the problem. So the artists can't have nothing to do with it. Can't yeah. stop it. Taylor Swift and Springsteen can't stop it. No. So yeah. That's it. They want to sell their own tickets. They can't. They're the venue uh distributor that's yeah. really all it comes down to yeah i think no it is unfortunate you're right the average guy can't afford these tickets it's not right doesn't seem right no no yeah uh, could, traffic I, and uh i can feel your your heart is really aching well i mean this I, I have more things to worry about damn it there's a migrant crisis here can't worry about bruce springsteen tickets balloons are flying right, all over balloons the are flying it and is. It's, it's a lot to deal <laughs> I mean, with right there's a recession <laughs> Which is the funniest thing of all. I, I bring on Larry Kudlow. I bring on Monica Crowley. I bring on Ron Insana, Charlie Gasparino. And what do they tell me? There's a recession coming. Yet, yet, people are able to afford $4,000 for a Springsteen ticket. Yeah, that's, How do we have a recession? Get nothing makes It doesn't make any you sense. You know what kind of numbers you're going to see this Sunday in Arizona for the Eagles versus the Chiefs? Going to blow $4,000 away. But yet we're in a recession, right? No one has any money. No one has any money. You go to every restaurant I go to. I'm at Wolfgang's on Saturday night. 
All right, I can tell you right now, dinner for me, Danielle, Gabe, and Scott, five hundred bucks. That's a lot of money. It, it is for you a regular wait an dinner. An hour yes. and a half to get in on Saturday night, but we're in a recession, right? We're in a recession. Yes. You go to Miami, you can't get into a restaurant, a bar, anywhere. Where is this recession happening? I'm just well, curious. Well, Where it, is it? It is a, there is a segment of the country that cannot afford this this stuff. I mean, that'll never go to a Super Bowl. Right. Like I told right. you, the, the the tickets. Justin's dad, the, the face value was almost was ninety eight hundred dollars. Ten thousand dollars. And he and he was sitting on the top of the arena. Well, like I tried to explain this to my kids, Ava and Gabriel. They were born. Ava was born in Mount Sinai and lived in Tenafly, New Jersey. That's Bergen County. That's very nice. Then. We moved out of Boca Raton, Florida. Doesn't get nicer than that. Gabriel was born in Boca. And now they've come back to live in New York City. Upper West Side, down by Wall Street. Now they got a big house in Queens. Like, they have no idea what life is really like in the United States. They have no idea. Like, you know, I've traveled the country. Scott and I were on 65, 70 markets. We did something called the Party with the People Tour. And we went to all of our affiliates and spent three days doing live shows. And we went from Kansas City, which is a great market, Las Vegas, great market, Los Angeles, great market, to places like Clarksville, Tennessee, where teeth are at a premium. La Crosse, Wisconsin, once again, teeth at a premium. If I took my kids to any one of these places, they would freak out. They'd have to go to the hospital. They'd have anxiety attacks. They have no idea, to your point, Lou, what life is really like in the United States. Well, if you took them through areas, let's say Detroit or oh, uh, Chicago. Forget it. Burnt out areas, oh, businesses, neighborhoods gone. Forget and, uh, it. Recession are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they don't get it. <laughs> you, you'd, you'd just be shocked. Like, My daughter's going, going to school in Europe. She went to London this weekend. She's going to Spain in two weeks. Now, after her, um, I guess, her first year in college, next year, her and her three girlfriends are moving into this beautiful apartment. So she asked me for $5,000 last weekend. They have no idea. They just, just, they, just yeah. spit it up. Yeah. <laughs> just, just get At one point she said, Daddy, you're famous. You've got it. I go, oh, Ava, Ava, <laughs> Ava, Ava. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it all adds up. Yeah, I could have got I, to see Springsteen. Yeah, Scott, i got to put it. you in a nice building in uh, in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, That's priorities. <laughs> Traffic is coming up next right this now. This one goes out to Wales. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to my guy, the great John Katsimatidis. I love John Katsimatidis. It's the Cats Roundtable, 8 a.m. every Sunday morning, where common sense prevails. Here, John talks with Kathy Wild. But we're trying to decide who's really governor, the state senate or the governor. What say you? Well, there is real tension there, and that's, that is a concern. But we are very glad that the governor and the mayor, for the most part, are getting along and working together in lockstep, and that's very important for the city. So hopefully the legislature will get the spirit of collegiality and join them as they negotiate the governor's budget, which came out this week, and we can all get on with the business of making our city as great as it can possibly be sit in friends in the morning 77 wabc josie's on a vacation far away cut around and talk it over so many things that i want to say you know i like my girls a little bit 
These guys were the Grammy last night. I doubt it, right, Lou? Who won? Yeah, uh, right beyond. Uh, right behind. <laughs> Beyonce, I guess, won a whole bunch last night. It's Is that really, right? It's really crazy. She she loses the best of the album of the year to Harry Styles, and the whole internet goes crazy. Oh, just they want claim, her to win? Yeah, they're claiming I want Racism? to reach out. Yeah, not, yeah, they're just claiming how could... How could he win when Renaissance is on the same uh, ballot? Is that, is that her album, Renaissance? Yeah, yeah, that's the four cuff, whatever the heck it's called. I don't, I don't know, know what know. the heck it's called. But it's just what a joke. Any any good rock and roll stars win anything last night? Any? I well, Bonnie. What country Raitt, music? Bonnie Raitt won uh, Song of the Year or something. Let me see what the nomination said. Harry Styles won. Song was uh, Bonnie Raitt, just like that. I do like Harry Styles, you know. Yeah, I like him too. Golden Sign of the Times. Uh, he's a, adore he, you. He's All a good. star. He's a rock star. It's good. A rock, whatever yeah. you want to call him. But yeah. Um, and there was good performances. I mean, uh, the, you watched it. I had. It was what else is before I went to sleep. Yeah. What? I, had what? To see. I, I didn't have, even watch it. You have. To you watch it, Diego? I did not. No. I was. I was at a recording studio. I was doing my own stuff. Oh, really? good. Let's yeah. give it to him. Let's Hold give it to on a second. What do you mean you are recording? This every, is. A, I feel like every day. First of all, no one knows who you are because you're not on the show usually. Justin's on vacation, so Phil now has been promoted this week to executive producer. And now this kid, Diego, who I've worked with before, he's very talented, now Thank works you. on our show. What is your name? What do you usually do here? My name is Diego. Uh, I usually do board. I'm usually on the board. You, you can hear me on... Most nerdly show. Yeah. Usually. Who can hear you? <laughs> you can hear me. Uh, and so, now, now what is this? You I don't a, think you're... Bowie can hear you. <laughs> so you're a musician too? Yeah, I mean, musician. I was that. You like Sean Mendez or something like that? Or? No, I just, I just do music, do my own stuff. You do music. Do you play yeah. an instrument? Yes, I do. I play bass, guitar, drums, I songwrite, but I, I uh, recorded some covers last night. You did? Probably. Yeah. Well, give me an example of a cover you recorded. Uh, we recorded Learning to Fly, Tom Petty. I love that song. And uh, what was the other one? Under My Thumb by Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, sure. Yeah. Actually, cool. uh, Frank Sinatra did a version of that. No it way. He did it in one of his duets was uh, Under My Thumb. Come on, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So um, you um, you actually sold any albums or, or made any money? or uh, I mean, No. This I is just a kind of a hobby. You're looking for your first big break. For, looking for the first for break, I got. I got well, why don't you go to Cousin Brucey or somebody on this station <laughs> or uh, Vinny Madunio, my guy, and say, hey, play some of my stuff. Yeah, stick it to Kevin, give it to Kevin Drosh. Yeah. slide it right in. <laughs> Kevin Drosh will put it right in there. Yeah. Bro. Hey, yeah, got, cousin, we have, I don't even know, cuz. Yeah, we have a whole big music radio weekend yeah. here. Yeah, it's done very well. I actually got one of my albums on vinyl, if you want a copy. On vinyl? On vinyl. Aren't you yeah. too young for that? No, I, I, I yeah. like vinyl. How old are you? I'm 24. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're a cute kid too, by the way. You're a good-looking guy, Thank handsome you. guy. Yeah, he could be at the Grammys. Could next be. Year. Next year could be you. Let's get him there. But he didn't even watch it, but you did. Well, I have. I, I have to see what's going. On. It's good to see what the freaks are doing. Not really. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to shoot myself after 10 yeah, minutes. I didn't put it on. I didn't gotta, even put it on. I'm done with it. There, that, there's that E! show where they talk before the thing with those, you know, I don't watch that. And I, oh, yeah, but I used to love that. I I never missed no. for years. Ugh. It was called The Fashion Police. It, it was hosted by the late, great Joan Rivers. Well, God bless her soul. I miss her desperately. It's totally different. I 
know, but it was her. It was Ozzy Osbourne's daughter. It was her. Her daughter too was doing it with her. I think right. Wasn't no, Jones it was. It was. Melissa? It was. It oh. was. Uh, oh yeah, Melissa was there. Melissa yes, was I'm sorry, but not 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 a part of the regular cast. The four members of the regular cast were Joan, Ozzy Osbourne's daughter, some gay guy named George, and uh, Giuliani uh, DePonde, who became Rancic. She married Bill Rancic. Those were the four. I never missed it. Every award show, it was great TV because Joan Rivers was great. So you watch the E Channel first, I and then just you know. felt like IQ points completely evaporated. I mean, they look, I'm not going to so kill you. Stupid. It, it's not any. It's not any dumber than watching Joe Biden on TV. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, he, he. Yeah, he would have fit right in. This is just. It's amazing how stupid they are. They all. It's almost like they're not listening to each other, or they're just. It's, it's vapid and yeah. oh. My God! But but the time has passed. My my time's passed. No, mine too. I'm this with is you. Not, this is not for me. No, not for me. Either. It's not right. for me. We're at old, all. and I'm okay with that. I, I mean, yeah. just, Cardi B walks on with she's some disgusting. With, like umbrellas on her. She's head, disgusting. All, right. Oh, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She's she's a, she's a low life, Cardi oh, B. A low God. life. Yeah. Oh. No. And Beyonce wins an award, and she she hadn't even got there yet. She wasn't even there yet. She wasn't even there to to, to accept. Was her husband I, 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 there? Are they still married, even Jay Z and? Yeah, they're together. Were they, were they together last night? Yeah. Well, apparently, I didn't see it because I yeah. went to sleep. No. Yeah. Was, I just I, I got to get away from. Was it. Joe just, Biden there last night? Uh, yeah, he was. He presented for uh, <laughs> best best speeches. You know who really wanted to be there? All kidding aside, is Zelensky, the Ukrainian president. He just wants to go to every award show there is. Guys at the Oscars. He's at the Emmys. I guarantee you, Zelensky was there last night. He could have been. He yeah. could have been sitting right behind Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard Ben Affleck look miserable all night. I you, did read that. He couldn't. He couldn't have wanted to be somewhere but else. But why was he? Oh, J Lo, Jen, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. But why was, was what, he so miserable? Because it's not his scene. Probably. What probably. is his scene? I don't know. I mean, just have some. If he doesn't drink, then you're in trouble. Oh, he didn't drink. You, I don't know if, if he's. On the wagon, who knows? Maybe no. he doesn't drink. I don't know. But you have to be to look around. I mean, he, it's past him too. I think you got to be hammered. Yeah, here was uh, here was the president though, Joe Biden. He was not at the Grammys last night. We received confirmation. <laughs> he did <laughs> talk about finally shooting down that balloon. He liked everybody. He said, "Well, we wanted to make sure it was over water so that debris couldn't hurt people on the ground." All nonsense. They were under the impression that nobody knew it was out there, and then all of a sudden, the news started to say, "Wait a second. There's a spy balloon out there. Then they were like, oh, my God, we got to do something about it. So once again, your president lied to you, and people like my sister accept it as if it's the truth. And now, what are the liberal networks doing all morning long? we got news for you. We found out that when Donald Trump was president, they also flew Chinese spy balloons. This is not exclusive to Joe Biden. They did the same thing when Donald Trump was president. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's what MSNBC, CNN, and all these liberal networks are saying the last couple of days. Anyway, here was Joe Biden talking about his order to shoot down the balloon, cut number 10. Briefed on the balloon. I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. (laughs) They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. Damage. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water. Outside within our within 12 mile limit, the belly they successfully took it down, and I want to compliment our aviators who did it. Jeez. And we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. I mean, he's starting, like, like, he's starting to sound like he's starting to sound like Forster Brooks, hammered. He can't talk. He can't talk. Can't talk. Can't deliver. 
And he lies. Here's one more. Uh, let's wait for the safest place to do it. All that nonsense. Joe Biden, Lewis, cut number 11. I told them to shoot it down. Oh, Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday. The recommendation they said to me, let's wait till the safest place to do it. That's right, Jack. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Jack. <laughs> hey, what are those balloons? We're going to get the real truth from the man himself, Gordon Chang, coming up at 840. Great guest list today, Curtis Sliwa. Now three times a week I've decided to do that. And it could be once a week by next week. Who knows? But as of right now, it's three times. He'll be on at 705 this morning. Editor of the National Review, Rich Lowry, coming up at 740. Gordon Chang at 840. Live from Radio Row, Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix. Rob Matty coming up at 9.05 and co-hosting the 9 o'clock hour with me. My very first ever radio partner, getting all the way back to 1998 in from Los Angeles, my dear friend Scott Kaplan. Keep it right here, the Monday edition of the Nielsen-rated number one news talk show in New York City. That's us, sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Nicks, 6.59 on your Monday morning, back here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Been a great first hour, covered all the, the big stories, the spy balloon shot down over Montana. We played some cuts, Joe Biden, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz. We'll talk to Gordon Shang live on this show, coming up at 8.40, get the details on that. The Kyrie Irving trade, he gone, he gone, nearly four years in Brooklyn, one major headache. Nets won nothing. Got swept in the playoffs last year. A couple years ago, they they won a playoff round, I believe, but I don't think Harden or Irving even played. They were hurt. So it's been uh, a lot of talk, a lot of nastiness, anti-Semitic remarks, racist remarks, all that good stuff. About 140 games played, and maybe the biggest jerk-off in the history of New York sports. Uh, All I heard when they got him... I wonder how many titles these three are going to win. Well, listen, that, that was that's true. That's true. 
But you, and you, you think we would know that because we've done this before in other sports, right? Put together a, you know, a bunch of superstars on one team and does not necessarily translate into championships. And Brooklyn now becomes the epitome of that. See you, Kyrie. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. Have fun with Mark Cuban in Dallas. Next we'll question. be okay. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Big 7 o'clock hour coming your way. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and two live guests, Curtis Sliwa and Rich Lowry, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. I can see Apollo Creed coming down in his red, white, and blue Rocky shorts right now with James Brown singing this song. This, of course, was in the movie Rocky Four, and moments after James Brown sang this song, and Apollo Creed came down from the rafters to fight Drago. Apollo Creed, like Dooku Kim, was dead in the ring, as Howard Cosell would say, dead on arrival. But um, I didn't pick that song. Me and Lou Rapino pick out most of the songs. My next guest, who I decided on Friday, and this is all my decision, all mine, no one, I mean nobody, not John, not Chad, nobody messes with this show because show has great success. Ratings, revenue, they let me do what I do because they have confidence in me. So I've decided to put Curtis Sliwa, who's on 12 to 1 every weekday afternoon, all weekend long, on three days a week, because I find him to be really entertaining, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But here's where Curtis always finds a way to overstep his boundaries. I put him on three days a week because he's a legend and an icon, and uh, even a, a longer-standing radio talent than me here in New York. And then he goes in this morning, and he starts picking his own music. Who told you you could do that? Well, wait a second. Yeah. I thought you were a very dear friend of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. He actually texted me Saturday night. I was having dinner with Danielle Gabe and Scott at Wolfgang. So he texted me he was on the way to the cop shooting, and he was all brokenhearted. So, yes, we did speak on Saturday. Um, but he didn't invite you Friday night to sit with all the illegals out there at the cruise line terminal where they were watching on a big plasma TV uh, all kinds of videos about World Cup, and he was playing video games with them, amigo, amigo, and then they played that song. Is that right? Yes, by James Brown, living in America. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Oh, my God. 
Because remember, did you see in the story today? Roxham Road to Canada. I broke that story. It was Wednesday right here at WABC. Lou remembers when I was talking about the Overland Railroad to Canada right through Plattsburgh. Right. I broke this story right here. But naturally, we have a crackerjack news team that can't follow up on anything other than what's already in the news. I broke it here on Wednesday. I believe you. And the New York Post, great job. Big spread. Eric Adams, if you're not happy being here, they give you tickets to Canada now. Greyhound tickets to Canada. They had to admit that. Finally, your mayor's doing something good. Send them to Canada. Well, send them to Trudeau. He wanted to send them to uh, Denver, Colorado, and now it's Canada. So I guess he's caught on, right, much like Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott. Let's send them someplace else. But we're about 45,000 in but, already. But you see, Sid, this is why. Yeah. You get to be number one. Mm -hmm. And I tell John Katzmatidis and everybody here, because you've been doing this a long time, I've been, it's harder to stay number one. True. And to get, we had this story on Wednesday, right? We owned it. I had all the information. I had the maps. I had the interviews. What did we do with it? We did Ugats. We did Bupkis. But why? Did, did they think you were just making it up? Did they, why did we do nothing with it? Because they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't it believe it, yeah. Because yeah. I, I yeah. bust my shoes. I'm yeah. out in the street. See, but, here, but here's see, the problem with you is is that because you've got such a hard on for the mayor, I mean, it goes above and beyond anything really, anything normal. It's, 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 it's you know, you could tell you got beat badly by him in, in the mayoral election. Uh, because that's the case, when you say things about him, you almost have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, like, but this was good news. Uh, well, it was tremendous news, He's but we don't know. Greyhound. We don't know. We don't know if it's serious or not because you hate the guy well, so much. Well, because they wouldn't admit it on Wednesday, <laughs> but they know. had to admit it to the New York Post, and that's good. He is now rerouting them. It's called reticketing. You don't like it here? We send you to Trudeau in Canada. So you're happy with this? Oh, absolutely. Hey. Because I know I can't tell. Is this just a sarcastic? No, no, this is like this is like NAFTA, North American Free Trade Association. <laughs> we trade the illegal aliens. Yeah. From Mexico to the United States, you're not happy. Go to Canada. All right, so you like this move. I love it. This is a two thumbs up for Mayor Eric Adams from Curtis Lewa. Yeah, but I'm very upset because... Well, why, why, what's the matter? Why, uh, you mentioned the full-page ad. I'm looking at it now. Magnificent here and all in color. But you mentioned Joan Rivers. Yes. And Joan Rivers, who came out of East New York, Brooklyn, went to Thomas Jefferson High School. Okay. I mean, she was the best. And she used to be in... Uh, the Hollywood Stars, remember? The Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares. Yes, which uh, up in the, uh, the middle box was owned by Paul Lind, a homosexual friend of yours. Uh, why am I in the middle box here? <laughs> what are you suggesting here? My very point. He was an angry, mean, drunk, homosexual. Right. And you, and it's, this is it, Hollywood Squares, and I'm in the middle box here. Oh, that's funny. What are, you, what are you trying to say by this? I wish I could take credit for it, but to be honest, I had nothing to do with the actual position of the 12 people. If I did, Naomi would have been right after John Katz and Matisse. Oh, the best, Naomi. I mean, she blows it. <laughs> uh, let me mention my, my now uh, enemy. Peter King, congressman uh, from... Uh, Wait a second. Bogart. Wait a second. Last week, you said Andrew Giuliani, who's on now with me twice a week. I think he's here tomorrow. I'm not even sure. He was my enemy last week. Right. So now, so you've gone from and two of the greatest people you'll ever meet, Andrew Giuliani and Peter King. Let me King. tell you why. Because, you know, I was having flashbacks when I watched 
when I watch the balloon float down (laughs) over the Atlantic Ocean, (laughs) all the golfers stopped golfing at Myrtle Beach. You know, there are more golf courses in Myrtle Beach than there are people in houses. It's gorgeous. They all stopped golfing to watch that beautiful balloon just fall (laughs) out of the sky. And I said to myself, that Peter King, he wouldn't let me begin the war against the Red Chinese. What? Sat in a restaurant, Peter King and his lovely wife. Vito Fasella and his lovely wife, which years ago was in the Upper East Side, a five-star top-shelf Italian restaurant that I couldn't even afford a tip at, never mind paying for the entrees and the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking because they're doing some kind of petition at that time. And I look across from me. And I saw Mao Zedong, a black Mao Zedong. What? A supporter of the Red Chinese. He's dead. He's dead, Mao Zedong. No, he's not dead. He's not dead. They have a statue outside of him him in an arena in China. (laughs) Stefan Marbury. I said, you who were knocking boots with the Knicks and then the Nets, and you went to Georgia Tech, and you went to Lincoln High School, and now you're a traditor. You're with Red China. And he had this big, fat mama with him. She must have been like 900 pounds, you know. And he was salivating over her. And Peter King goes to me, please, don't start any trouble. You know, we're here with our wives. Vito is saying, please, please, don't set it off. And now I'm I fornicating him, mad-dogging him. And likewise, he wants to set it off with me. Right then and there, we could have settled this once and for all. And Peter King wouldn't let me do it. Vito Fasella wouldn't let me do it. Said I had flashbacks. So in the last couple of days, you, um, you've come up with a major story that for some reason... People just swept under the carpet. Oh, no. It, Lewis here. Right. Lewis here on the board. You also, you also could have been the guy to stop all this back and forth between the United States and China. Absolutely. If, in fact, Peter King. It's unbelievable the stories that you managed wait. to put yourself in the middle of. Wait, okay. wait, wait. There's another one. There's another one. Hold on, Lou. Write this down. Lewis, get your pen ready. There's another one. I'm, I'm walking through Chelsea on the, on the weekend. That's freezing. no surprise. Talking about Paul Lynn. That's right. Freezing my tuchus off. But I had to keep my tuchus covered, is, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And there's a maintenance guy from the Whitney Museum uh-huh. who listens to you sit religiously. Okay. And he's shaking his head. He had a cup of coffee in the bodega there. It's also a weed shop, yeah. by the way. Hey, city by, of By New the York. way, you don't have to anymore say who listens to me religiously because now I'm under the impression everybody does. Well, this guy doesn't speak English that well, and he listens to you, he said, to learn English. <laughs> he's from Romania. <laughs> So the guy remembers Ceausescu, he's from Romania. He said, you know, Curtis, the Whitney, they just had their pipes burst. No way. Yes, their pipes were bursting. Every They had to close down all their exhibits. They didn't learn from the Sid Rosenberg I mean, curse. Now, now, here you go. That's exactly right. Have I not explained to these people how to avoid a situation like that? You Have absolutely did. But you see, the Whitney, they're so pretentious, <laughs> obstinate. They're, they're so all-knowing. They're not going to listen to Sid Rosenberg <laughs> or anyone else. And now almost everything is destroyed there because their pipes were bursting. No kidding. That's, yes. Well, I, you know, I, how, you I, know I, how cold it I was. know. I thought about that this weekend. The same thing happened to us. Christmas weekend. This was a bit colder, I think, Saturday, too. I think Christmas weekend was minus two. This was minus six on Saturday. So I would imagine that frozen pipes and burst pipes probably all over the city, everywhere. Well, let me tell you, on Friday night, I went back to my old stomping grounds. I used to live at 131 Avenue A, right across the street from Tompkins Square Park, off of... uh, Oh, the Lower East Side there, right, right through the Alphabet Jungle. I'm sure I you know had it well. I used to go to alphabet. a place. I used to go to a place right down there in Alphabet City. It was called the World. 
Very, very popular club. No, no, really no, I'm popular. Not, I'm, I'm talking about when you were in Avenues B and C looking to score there. Come on. From How the do you P know that? Come on. Everybody watched. 100% I bought drugs housed in Street Alphabet City. So you saw the big story. The 90-year-old candy store guy, Ray, who got clocked by those two mutts and scales. I, I did see that. Big black guy. They broke his jaw. The guy came back and did his shift. He does overnight shifts. And I'm standing outside of Ray's. That was the very place where he did an intervention that probably saved my life. April of 1992. Three mutts and scales get out of a car. You probably know them well. Their names McLaughlin, Kaplan, Ruggiero, sent by John Gotti Jr. to tool me up with yep. baseball bats. Yes. It was Ray who came out and did the intervention. Wait, Ray who owned Ray's Pizza? No. Ray, the candy store guy. Oh, the candy store who got guy. got all beaten up. Oh, the same guy? Same guy came out in an intervention. Oh, wow. Saved me from being turned into a vegetable. Now, yeah. Well, you're close to a vegetable, to be honest with you. I'm the not neighbor all. upstairs. <laughs> now, this is ironic. The neighbor upstairs comes down, and he's talking to me, and he says, you know, I was there when you got tooled up with baseball bats, and I was there looking down when Ray was getting tooled up, and I came running down, but it was too late. And he said this to me. He goes... And have you been invited to the Gemini Lounge? He listens again to WABC. You mean to the screening? Which, be- by the way, I want to tell folks is exactly, I'm so excited, one week from tonight, Monday night, a week from tonight, at the uh, Dolby someplace on Fifth Avenue. But do you is realize, do you realize, yes, it's, there's synergy here. It conflates. Gemini Lounge, they used to Khashoggi you. They used to chop you up yes. and put you in the dump. Yes. I got beaten with the baseball bats, right? Ray, who's now 90 years old and Iranian, he gets beaten up with guys who are hitting him with a belt and a lock, a Yale lock, right? And the guy took a lick and comes back taking. I'm telling you, there's something to this, and I want to <laughs> applaud you and every righteous Jew out there for not going to Chinese restaurants yesterday, Sunday night, a boycott against the red Chinese Emperor Xi. And the next time you go to a Chinese restaurant, you Jews on Sunday... Order chop suey. Really bust their well, chops. I, you're right. I did not go for Chinese food Thank last God. Night. That's right. Boycott but, Red well, China. Hold on, though. But hold on. I'm not completely innocent. We did go to a place, me, Danielle, and Gabe, called Sachi, and we had Japanese food. Oh, well, that's Still okay. Asian. That's okay. Then, of course, uh, it's funny because we, right before this segment started, you heard me do the commercial for D'Agostino's. So everybody knows when I lived on the Upper West Side that Danielle and I always shopped, always at the Gristidis on 103rd oh, and Broadway oh. every day. And last night I made my way to the Gristidis on 40th and 2nd. Well, but I'm well, not doing the Gristidis well. commercials. I am. You are. I am yes. Gristidis, number one, second <laughs> and none. You're D'Agostino. Yeah. How did that? This is like Avison Hurts. <laughs> are you OJ? I'll be Arnold Palmer from La Trobe, Pennsylvania. Oh, I those, yes. That's right. Are you I remember OJ? those. I'll be OJ. You're That's dressed fine. like OJ here. I'm beginning to wonder here. <laughs> this and is then, some outfit today of a, a volcanic ensemble. And then the finally, kid, kid, can we smack around your uh, your young huckleberries here? Is that Macedonia Phil? Which one? All of them. They're all running around. Podcast, podcast, podcast. I'm a podcast guy. This thing of ours is radio, Sid. Yes. Live radio. That's right. How the hell are you going to listen to Sid or Curtis or anyone else? If you're one of 34 people listening to a podcast, (laughs) 
You know, this is like comedy clubs in the 80s, you know, when they popped up everywhere. Oh, we got to do stand-up. The next way, you're going to be a comedian. This is the newest way, podcast. I agree. I have 50,000 commercials on this station for podcasts. I know. And I said, wait a second. Why are we advertising podcasts? We want people listening to us live and locally on the radio. Uh, listen, I agree. I, the whole podcast thing for me, I've always said the reason why people do podcasts is because they're not good enough to do radio. Now, listen, guys like Joe Rogan, I know he makes a lot of money, you know, um, um, Marion, whatever. I don't even know who these guys are. I guess, uh, what's his name, Corolla. These guys make a lot of money. But every little kid in their parents' basement with no talent is doing a podcast these My days. Dennis so has a guy a like you and I should never do a podcast. My plumber has a right, podcast. Right, exactly. And let me tell you this. There's a trick here. They roll up on you, and I know they do this with you, Sid. Oh, I got 50,000 followers. And I tell them right away, oh, you bought the bots from <laughs> Spotify <laughs> for five ninety five, you could get a thousand. No, no, listen, people who don't even exist. Sid, we need to go to war to save this thing of us. Live and local radio. It is the most intimate form of communication. You want people listening to podcasts? Then why the hell should they listen to live and local radio <laughs> on the number one news talk station in the nation? WABC. And that's why, folks, he's now on three days a week every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7.05. Covered about nine topics, all very entertaining, all newsworthy. And who knew that it was Curtis Sliwa who broke this story last Wednesday. And Curtis could have been the man that could have averted all this Russian madness if they listened to Curtis hey. Sliwa in the first place. Hey, where's our <laughs> news department? Hey, I gave it to him like a dog bringing a bone. <laughs> And they looked at me and they buried the bone. Well, I'm sorry, Curtis. Check out Curtis, by the way, every weekday from noon to 1. And, of course, all weekend long. But most importantly, 7.05 every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Sid and Friends in the morning. Another spectacular appearance. More to come this hour, including Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And, of course, Rich Lowry. Monday morning with me, Sid. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I did buy a little help from my friends. on your Monday morning. Tomorrow night, the President of the United States, the imbecile-in-chief, I mean, just the worst, just the worst, he's going to deliver the State of the Union address. And uh, that's a big deal. So he's expected to promote, if you're ready for this, policy wins in his speech. I know Newt Gingrich is on Fox News as we speak, talking about that. Policy wins. I mean, I guess we'll talk about some of these bloated deals 
the infrastructure bill, some of these other bills that just uh, add to the deficit and really do nothing to improve our lives here in the United States. The Inflation Reduction Act, what a joke that was. And I think that he may even announce he's going to run again. I, I don't know. There was a poll this weekend where over 60%, over 60% of the people who were in this poll did not want a Trump-Biden rematch, saying both guys, not just Biden, who will be 82 years old and is already a vegetable, not just Biden, but Trump, they want somebody younger and, uh, you know, more energetic. I mean, Trump is, is certainly energetic. I don't think that's an issue. He's not what he was in 2016, but age is age. I don't think energy is an issue with Donald Trump, but that was the poll taken. And just moments ago on MSNBC, my friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, I guess Eric does every Monday, every Monday morning with Joe and Mika. He's on with me about every other week, about twice a month, which I'm very grateful for. But I think he does every Monday with those two louses. Joe and Mika, MSNBC, two of the worst people God ever created. And he talked about two stories in particular. One, of course, he slept at the Brooklyn Terminal with all the migrants on Friday night, which I it's cool, it's fine. He can tell you what uh, what they went through. Like uh, Curtis talked about when Curtis was on at 7, they played video games and watched Rocky Four and all that type of stuff. And then he talked about this cop, this off-duty cop who went to buy a car and ended up getting shot in the head. What a horrible story. So we'll cover both of those stories with cuts from Mayor Eric Adams from over the weekend. He's talking about new sites now upstate. Curtis joked about Eric sending the migrants to Canada. And he was on this show weeks ago. We got a lot of traction from this when he said, I want to send them to Denver, Colorado. Now he's talking about sending these uh, people upstate, new sites upstate That'll get these people far away from the city. This, Lou Rapino, is Mayor Eric Adams, cut number 12. We are in conversations with the federal government to utilize um, federally controlled spaces in the New York State area that we can continue to build out. They uh, asked him on MSNBC if the federal government, which is Biden, has been talking to him because he has said in the past many times on this show specifically he wants a billion dollars from the administration, and he said that he is in constant talks with the White House. They talk frequently, and he did something that I wish he would stop doing because as much as I like the mayor, and I'm trying to like him even more, he does this, and I go the other way. He's always thanking Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is the biggest piece of dog feces ever. He's crap. He's garbage. He has sat in office for over four decades and did nothing for this city but inspire division and hate. Stop it. Mayor Eric Adams, stop it. Stop telling us that Joe Biden is good. He's the worst president ever. Stop telling us, thanking Kathy Hochul, because she cares. She's a miserable wench. She doesn't care at all about you, me, or anybody in this city, as long as her Buffalo Bills are winning football games and she's making money. And stop telling me that Chuck Schumer should be thanked for helping us get money for the migrants when the money is is so inconsequential. I probably spent more at Wolfgang's on Saturday night. Stop it. Stop. You want to be friends? You want to work with both sides of the aisle? 
do not be complimenting people like Biden, Hochul, and Schumer. There's got to be a way, Mr. Mayor, to deliver your message and make sure the Democrats still like you, because clearly Eric is still worried about that. I get it. He wants to be president one day, even though he thinks like a Republican often. He can't admit that in public. He's a Democrat. So he's got to stay with the party. I get it. I know the game. And I know your designs are a lot bigger than mayor. You want to be president one day. And it's only going to hurt you if you go against these animals, these low lives. But at the very least, temper your enthusiasm. I don't want to hear about Biden, Hochul, or Schumer ever. Nor do most people in New York City. You are not doing yourself any favors. The truth is, the federal government has done dick. You've asked for money a hundred times. You haven't gotten it. The truth is, up in Albany, they've done dick because they haven't corrected cashless bail. They shut the door in your face twice. And the truth is, the money that Chuck Schumer got ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. So let's stop. Please, Mayor Eric Adams, at this point, I'm begging you. Stop it. You're not fooling anybody. It looks bad. Coming up next is Rich Lowry in traffic. Have a good Why time. Why are you so, you're so happy? Have a good time, you, Rich. You, 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 like, <laughs> you get this automatic, uh, erection when I talk badly about the mayor. You get, look at look how happy you are. Look are at you, you. Like I gave you free Springsteen tickets. Well, that'll be a, ver- a much bigger, you know what, than, than, you'll, than you'll get the real thing. But why are you so happy? I just, <laughs> I sense you're going to have to send Margo an apology. In your time yeah, one text. of these days. I think Margo, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. This is why I'm number one, though. you got to understand that. This is why, because this is, why. this is how people talk and think in their cars. Nobody wants this stuff sugar-coated. Nobody wants it. There's no nice way to say it. There's no nice way to talk about Kyrie Irving. There's no nice way to talk about Joe Biden. There's no nice way to talk about Kathy Hochul. There's no nice way to talk about right Chuck Dickhead Schumer. (laughs) When is he getting out of there? When can we crowbar that guy? When he dies. When he dies. They can go on and on and on and on. Why is that? God. Well, look at this, this person now on MSNBC, the sixteen nineteen project. Jesus, what is that? Aye, aye, aye. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Happy birthday today to Axel Rose. Here he is, of course, the voice of Guns N' Roses. Axel turning 61 today. He looks awful. Awful for 61. But uh, he's pretty And by the way, I never liked his voice either. I love this band. I love their music. I love Slash. Never a huge fan of his voice. Not like Paul Rogers or Bono, one of those guys. But nevertheless, one of the more successful rock and roll guys ever. Happy birthday to, um, to Axel Rose. I love my listen. A bunch of big guests stopping by this week. It looks like Rob Gronkowski, 
Maybe here tomorrow, former New England Patriot, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Great, now he's on Fox. Fox has the Super Bowl this Sunday, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Wednesday, Lara Trump is going to be here again to um, actually review the State of the Union, which comes your way tomorrow night with President Biden. One more of these uh, Lara Trump interviews, and she'll make the New York Post, like which Lowry did today as one of my uh, 12 friends on Sitting Friends in the Morning. And WFAN legend Mike Francesa will be here Thursday to break down Super Bowl 57, oh, some of the big names. Oh, 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 oh. Not the best, but Super Bowl-wise, <laughs> very, very acceptable. Well, he's on right after Bill O'Reilly. You know, O'Reilly disagreed with Mike and Chris last week. Mike said that Peyton Manning was the best regular season quarterback ever. Joe Montana was the best Super Bowl quarterback ever. And he's only willing to give Tom Brady the best quarterback ever based on the years, all those years and all those wins, but he refused to take uh, to say that Tom was the best quarterback during the regular or postseason. Kind of weird, but he'll explain it, Mike Francesa, coming up on Thursday. Anyway, if you do go to page 28 in today's New York Post, you're going to see this beautiful color ad that my main man, John Katsimatidis, put together, sitting friends in the morning with 12 people who are on this show all the time, everybody from my mom to Mayor Adams to John Katsimatidis to Joe Tacopina to Bo Deedle to both Rudy and Andrew Giuliani to Peter King. And right there, one of the 12 Hollywood squares, is my next guest, the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, and a great guest every morning, my dear friend Rich Lowry. Good morning, Rich. Hey, Sid, that's awesome. I, my post is, uh, I can almost see it right now. It's sitting out in my driveway. So oh. extra incentive to go get it. you got to go get it. Page 28, your mug is right there. <laughs> Who is he next to? I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get this. I'll tell you right now. In the Hollywood Squares box, to your left is Andrew Giuliani, and to your right is Joe Tacopina. How about that? There we go. Good <laughs> yeah. company. Not bad. So the uh, the balloon is gone. We shot it down. Uh, Biden said he was waiting for to, to you know, be over the water so debris wouldn't hurt people on the ground. We know he's lying. We know they knew about it for days, did nothing about it, and only started to even show any concern when the news media started covering this story. So my question is very simple. Do they think they can continue to lie to the American people and we're just going to buy it? First of all, this is great. You know who agrees with you? They should have shot it down sooner. John Bolton. So it's just a short oh my God. John Bolton wants to shoot everybody. You're on the path, my friend. No, I do like that. But like I just said, John Bolton wants to shoot everybody. But but yes, they should have shot it down right away. Everybody knew that. Everybody. Yeah. So so they they find out about it over the the Lucian Islands. And if you're worried about debris hurting people on the ground in, in Montana, there's no one in the Aleutians Islands. You know, in summer it's minus 20 degrees or whatever. The waves are 20 feet high. So they could have taken it down then. And they didn't uh, say anything about it publicly until you had people like, wait a minute, uh, look at the sky. There's the moon. And then there's this other thing. What's this other thing? And, and then they had to talk about it. And then they did, waited and let it drift over the entire continental United States, fulfilling whatever its mission was before shooting it down over the Atlantic. So it, it should have been over the Bering Sea or over the Pacific, North Pacific or whatever it is uh, over on the other side of the country. And I guess this just they, – they thought they, they could – uh, let, let it go, and, and no one would know. But why would they want to let it go? If the Chinese were doing what we think they were doing, which was gathering information and spying on us, forget about the American public, forget about the news media, why would you be okay with that if you're Blinken or Biden? I, you, you shouldn't be, um, but perhaps they, they were worried about blowing up this potential detente with China, which I think is 
BS and going nowhere. Um, but they th- th- perhaps they just preferred not to have the heartache of a big diplomatic incident with the Chinese. And it's notable, you know, the Chinese are, are lying about it, but they're kind of lying about it half-heartedly, right? <laughs> they're not yeah, they truly care. outraged they that they shot care. this yeah. thing down because yeah. they know they got caught red-handed in the idea that it was, a, you know, a weather balloon that just happened to uh, to, to uh, go over our nuclear sites in the middle of the country is, of course, preposterous. But you know the media has to spin this in a different way. So what the media says is, first of all, Biden is going to take this as a win. We shot it down. Nobody got hurt. So tomorrow night, State of the Union, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll post this as a win. But what the media did already, MSNBC, CNN, is say, oh, hold on a second. You're all over Biden for allowing this Chinese balloon to stay over Montana. You do realize when Donald Trump was president, they did this mm-hmm. all the time. Is there any truth to that? Well, it's it's in, in dispute because you have high-level officials, including John Bolton, saying we, we heard nothing about this when we were in in office. And now the Biden people are saying, well, this is because we discovered this after uh, Trump was out of office. Um, and apparently the reason why uh, we didn't know about it if these flights happened is that they were much, much – you know, they just clipped the U.S. somewhere. You know, they, they didn't actually send a balloon all over the uh, the continental United States. So it's possible they're right about that, uh, but it's possible that the Trump people didn't know, and they were more minor than this one. Mm. And But they did know that there were prior flights during the Biden administration, which means that they should have been prepared. Right, and they weren't. Which Lowry, National View, his Monday morning spot. So, again, tomorrow night, the State of the Union I've read in a couple of places that Joe Biden plans on spending his time, like most presidents do, all do, promoting his wins. You know, if you're Donald Trump and you're president, you can promote, you know, the, 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 the wall. You can promote the economy. You could promote destroying the caliphate when it came to ISIS. There's lots to promote. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to promote as a victory. I guess that ridiculous Inflation Reduction Act, which not, not uh, you know, uh, bring down inflation or maybe this infrastructure bill. I don't know. Can you guess as to what Joe Biden will point out as a win in tomorrow night's State of the Union? Yeah, he'll talk about every single thing that they passed. And unfortunately, he did punch above his weight. You know, he got more done than I would have expected with a five-vote majority in the House and a tie in the Senate. And then point to the the good part of the economic numbers. And there, there are good parts. There, there are bad parts as, as well. The, the economy seems to be uh, teetering on an edge. Could could flip one way or flip the other. And then uh, some shots at MAGA Republicans, and this is a uh, you know, the speech is always terrible. It's just because they they they're always baggy monstrosities because they they just try to mention everything they can because uh, you got about an hour of massive free publicity. So you don't want to be eloquent or interesting. You just want to mention everything positive you possibly can. Do you think Biden will intimate tomorrow night whether or not he's going to run again in 2024? Yeah, I think there'll probably be a, a nod and wink towards it, um, that, you know, Democrats will be uh, applauding uproariously. Although I was listening to Fox earlier, and they, they mentioned another poll that showed 60% of Democrats don't want him to run again. Well, 60% uh, of running. Democrats don't want Biden running again, and 62% of Americans polled over the weekend don't want Biden versus Trump again. Either yeah, one. It's, it's not, uh, I don't think it's an ideal matchup. There's also a piece in Bloomberg a couple days ago saying that the, uh, the Democrats are worried about DeSantis because they're just worried about the, the generational um, match there, having a 44-year-old running against him instead of someone else in his uh, upper 70s. 
And, um, you know, governor of a large, diverse state has been very popular down there. So they, they haven't figured out how they could uh, run against DeSantis, but they'll run the same playbook against Trump, obviously. It is uh, confusing to me. This is, again, which Lowry National Review on a Monday morning. I was having this conversation with Scott Danielle and Gabe at dinner on Saturday, and we were trying to come up with worthwhile folks running as Democrats. Right now, only one Republican is running, Donald Trump. Now we know over the next couple of weeks you're going to get um, – down in uh, South Carolina, yeah, what is it? Right, Nikki Haley. You're probably going to get sometime in March, Ron DeSantis, people like Pompeo, Bolton. On the Democrat side, I just saw Pete Buttigieg on TV. He's probably going to run. But him, I guess uh, Kamala Harris, who else? Gavin Newsom, who else? Well, I, d- I don't think any of them are going to run at the moment. I think they need Biden to step aside for them to run. And so obviously Harris can't run against Biden. Buttigieg can't run against him. Newsom has already said he won't run. Uh, the move to, to make South Carolina first on the Democratic side, Biden's strongest state in 2020, is clearly uh, a, a way to, to rig the, the field for him, uh, field of play for him. So if, if, he, if Biden wants it, he's going to get it, assuming he's still standing. You think Donald Trump really has no chance in New Hampshire? I think he has a chance. Uh, I think he has a you know pretty good chance to win the nomination, and then uh, you know kind of, kind of coin toss depending on the circumstances in a, in a general election. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count him out. They have a lot of material to use against him, and I, I think it would be a risky choice for the party. But there there's no chance he's got no no uh, question he has a chance. All right, Rich, on the way out, you're a big sports fan like I am, and you and I often discuss sports, so I want to discuss two different sports stories. First, I want the Rich Lowry prediction, Super Bowl 57 from Arizona Sunday, Eagles versus the Chiefs. And secondly, after nearly four years, it's finally over. Kyrie Irving is gone. As a Jewish man from Brooklyn, New York, I am celebrating this morning. What a complete jerk. What are your thoughts on the big game Sunday and the Nets finally dealing Kyrie Irving? Yes, I don't follow the NBA at all. I was just happy for you. When, when I saw his request in the trade, I was happy for you. So That's congratulations. Great. Thank He's you. Gone. Thank you. I'm, I'm rooting for the Chiefs really hard. I, I'm not an NFC East guy, but I just inherently hate the Eagles. Um, I've never liked the uniform. I've never liked any of the stadiums they've played in. I don't like the fans. Sorry. Um, so I, I hope they lose, but I don't think they will. And I'm, I don't know, like 2017 uh, Eagles, but I'll be rooting for the Chiefs hard. See, I'm the same way. I, I can't stand the Eagles. Like, I don't like Dallas and some of these other teams, but I really despise the Eagles. But I'm also picking them to win. So hopefully yeah, you and I, brother. Yeah. Hey, it's another great appearance, Rich. You're so terrific. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Right, we'll do, do it again Thanks a week a from today. Take a look at page 28. All right. <laughs> Go take a look. Rich Lowry, he's on page 28 as one of the sitting friends in the morning, along with some other greats like John Katzenmatidis, Naomi Rosenberg, Mayor Eric Adams, and a, whole, a host of others. Check it out today. Big, colorful, beautiful ad. Uh, page 28 in today's New York Post. We're halfway through... Been a great show already. Curtis Slewa, Rich Lowry, still to come. Gordon Chang, live from the Super Bowl. Rob Maddy, and my very first ever radio partner, going to co-host the final hour with me today, Scott Kaplan from Los Angeles. All that coming up, the second half of Sitting Friends in the Morning on a Monday morning.
Sid and friends in the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. This uh, Chinese spy balloon fallout is basically everywhere. That was the big story from the weekend. Yes, the migrant crisis continues to be a huge issue here in New York City. The mayor, Eric Adams, slept at the Brooklyn Terminal with those folks on uh, Friday night, played video games, and blasted James Brown living in America from Rocky Four. <laughs> now he's talking about sending these migrants north up to Canada, if not upstate New York, so that was a big story. And then, of course, I spoke to Eric on Saturday night. I was having dinner at Wolfgang's with Danielle, Gabe, and Scott. My buddy Scott Kaplan will be live in studio on the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, Eric said, I'm on the way now to a cop shot. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about it. Turns out uh, it was an off-duty cop. He was trying to buy a car. And uh, this guy opened fire on him in a robbery attempt, I guess. And I think the cop... I believe was in critical condition this morning. I believe his brother-in-law actually fired back at the bad guy. Nevertheless, again, this cop is in very, very serious condition. In fact, um, let's get a couple of cuts on this from the mayor who texted me on Saturday while I was at dinner. I'm on the way to some, looks like a cop was shot. I'm like, oh, my God, not the ideal way to spend a Saturday night. He texted back, well said. And it turns out to be a real tragedy. Here is... um. Here's Eric Adams, cut number 13. An officer conducting a simple errand and a dangerous person pulled out a firearm. As we see so far and so often in the city, too many illegal guns are in the hands of bad people and doing bad things. I spoke with the officer's wife, saw his beautiful children, and we all are lifting his family up in prayer. We will catch the person responsible for this act. Here is Mayor Eric Adams, cut number 14. Very heartful, Eric Adams. My heart goes out to the family. My heart goes out to the members of the department in general, but specifically to the members of his command. See a brother officer experience this. 
And here is the commissioner, Keyshawn Shul, talking about the condition of the officer Lewis, cut number 16. We are at a hospital once again awaiting news. This time for an off-duty NYPD officer who was shot and is in critical condition. The officer is a five-year veteran of the NYPD assigned to patrol. This appears to be an attempted robbery during an attempt to purchase a vehicle. Please keep this young officer in your prayers. He is currently fighting for his life. All right, so clearly those are the two big local stories, the migrant crisis, and we all pray for this officer, all of us, uh, in a very difficult position right now. And, of course, I need to find this creep. Uh, then, of course, you have the Kyrie Irving trade. That's a big story here in New York because he became such a hateful son of a bitch. I can't stand the guy. One of my least favorite athletes, and I love sports. You know that, folks. I was reared on sports in this business. I still follow it very, very closely. Not even two weeks ago, went to the Barclays Center, watched the Nets beat the Knicks, and Kyrie Irving went nuts in that fourth quarter. fact, he's had four 20-plus scoring fourth quarters this season. The next closest is one. He can play. Kyrie Irving is a really good ball player, but a hateful, nasty guy. And, of course, anti-Semitic comments, racist comments, the whole issue during COVID, even if he was right, even if he was, just never good at the delivery, ever. And i got to tell you, once again, in nearly 56 years, one of the most detestable, unlikable athletes ever. And as a Jewish man, my only dream was I kicked his ass before he went to Dallas. So he gone. The Nets traded Kyrie Irving to Dallas yesterday, and as the Metro paper said this morning, good riddance. But the Chinese spy balloon is still the big story. The president lying to the American people. He wanted to wait till it was over the ocean. He was worried about debris. Nonsense. Nonsense. They were not going to say a word about this until somebody looked up in the sky in Montana and said, what the hell is that? And then the media started to cover it, and then Biden and his people had no choice, no choice but to A, explain what was going on, and then B, shoot that thing out of the sky. Here is um, Ted Cruz. This will be cut number seven, CBS Face the Nation from Sunday. He wraps it up pretty good. I think this entire episode uh, telegraphed weakness to Xi and the Chinese government. And, and to illustrate why, I, I would just ask one, one hypothetical question. Imagine how this would have played out if nobody had taken any pictures of the balloon, if, if nobody in Montana had looked mm-hmm. up and no- noticed this giant balloon, if it wasn't in the news. We know yeah. that when the Biden administration knew about the balloon, they said nothing, they did nothing, they didn't shoot it down. And at the end of the day, I think the only reason they shot it down is because it made it into the news, and they felt forced to as a matter of politics rather than national security. That's a bad message for the Chinese government to hear. Nicely done by Ted Cruz. She kept jumping in there, trying to stop him. But Cruz got the point across. I'm not sure what Tom Cotton was yesterday, the great Tom Cotton out of Arkansas. He talked about the failed balloon test. This, Lewis, is Tom Cotton, cut number eight. What began as a spy balloon has become a trial balloon, testing President Biden's strength and resolve. And unfortunately, the president failed that test. Uh, And that's dangerous for the American people. 
No question he failed that test. One more from Tom Cotton, and this Lou Rufino is cut number nine. Uh, the president was paralyzed for an entire week by a balloon. Um, <laughs> we should have shot this balloon down over the Aleutian Islands. We should never have allowed it to transit the entire continental United States. And I think there's a lot of open questions that the administration needs to answer to Congress on behalf of the American people about why they didn't. I think part of it is the president's reluctance to take any action that would be viewed as provocative or confrontational towards the Chinese communists. I would say what's provocative and confrontational is sending a spy balloon all across America. But second, I do believe the administration wanted to salvage the Secretary of State's trip on Friday night, and they got through Thursday afternoon. Thankfully, civilians in Montana and the Billings Gazette identified this balloon and blew the whistle on it, and finally the administration fessed up to the American people. It took another 12 hours for the Secretary of State canceled what was already an ill-advised trip. So I think there's a lot of answers for the administration to provide the American people. Couldn't agree more. So Tony Blinken is not going. Nice job by Tom Cotton. Yet, of course, tomorrow night is the State of the Union. Congressman out of um, Rockland County, Mike Lawler, will join us tomorrow. And Lara Trump will join us on Wednesday to review the State of the Union. And you know the president is going to beat his chest all the things he's done. Well, I'm not sure how he can uh, fit this one in there. I guess he could just say, listen, you know, nobody got hurt on the ground. We waited until it was a safe situation, and we blew this thing out of the sky. And just leave out all the lies days and days prior leading up to the eventual shooting. Pete Buttigieg is one of the folks, transportation secretary, that most people think will run for president if, in fact, Joe Biden decides not to run again in 2024. And he was on Meet the Press yesterday with my buddy Chuck Todd talking about all these great things that Joe Biden has done as Pete previewed the State of the Union. This, Lou Rapino, the uh, Pete Buttigieg number three, all these accomplishments under Joe Biden. He's got a lot of things to tell. Why do you think that it has not penetrated the American public? Well, these things don't sell themselves, and it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to that, that State of the Union address. Uh, I will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration, it can be difficult to Jesus. list them in shut a distilled up. way. Yeah, shut up, lying bastard. So many accomplishments. But nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. So then they go to Buttigieg. Uh, Chuck Todd goes, what about the, the, the spy balloon? And, uh, you know, the, the Chinese like, got, like, information. Listen to Pete Buttigieg's response. Cut number four. The military gauged the different risks and the different uh, benefits of, of different approaches, made the decisions that they did, brought this thing down without incident. Right, but the presumption has got to be that the Chinese were able to gather intelligence uh, hovering over the United States for day after day, especially over some of these sensitive sites. I'm sure there's a similar presumption about what spy satellites do. Uh, that is well outside of my lane. I'm just glad that nobody was hurt as this thing came down. Right. Well, outside of my lane. But he wants to run for president. What is inside his lane? He is transportation secretary, so lane, pretty funny use of the word that makes a lot of sense. This guy is such a lightweight. This guy was like the worst mayor in the history of South Bend, Indiana. Now he's the transportation secretary, has design set on being the president. What an absolute joke. And one more news story i got to get to, and i got to give my dear friend John Katsimatidis a lot of credit. I'm always talking about his weekday show, 5 p.m. every weeknight, Cats at Night, and then, of course, his 8 a.m. Sunday show, the Cats Roundtable. So yesterday he had the former governor on, David Patterson. Dave's on this show quite a bit, too. I love Dave. 
He's very, very good. And he was talking about the migrant crisis here in New York City. And he was talking about some of the issues that these migrants and citizens have had to face along the way and why, in fact, some of these people leave their countries in the first place. He did say it's a money-making business, David Patterson. But if you missed Cat's Roundtable yesterday, this is now in the New York Post. Fox News has been playing it all morning long. So congratulations to John Katsimatidis and David Patterson on the migrant crisis and the new hotels. This, Lewis, is David Patterson, cut number 17. The reason that the city was moving them there is because they had to find a place to move families in to facilities. And that hotel was perfect for families because it had more than one room in, in each unit. So when this didn't happen, they staged this protest and they stood outside. And I thought they were being egged on by the media because not two blocks away from that hotel, there are other people out on the street who are homeless at this time of year. I mean, God forbid the temperatures this weekend with the wind chill factor were down to nearly zero degrees. And they have problems, too. And they are citizens of the United States. They live here. There you have it. He's right about that. They are homeless, and in a lot of respect, they're pathetic, and they ruin this city. But for what it's worth, they do live here. And they got to be sitting out there going, wait a second, these other folks just got here. I'm freezing to death outside. How is this fair? So that's actually a very good point by David Patterson. Here's uh, one more in support of the asylum of people, David Patterson, cut number 18. While if someone is seeking asylum, I'm 100% in favor of them if they meet the requirements of asylum, which is that they are avoiding uh, a terrorizing situation or a life-threatening situation in their own country. But I don't know that asylum isn't starting to become an industry because so many people are choosing to do this, and it is really creating an encumbrance on the city's resources, and I'm glad Mayor uh, Adams has been. You got to like that point, David Patterson. Asylum is starting to become an industry. That is the quote that's getting David Patterson and John Katsimatidis in just about every newspaper and big TV channel across the country. Asylum is beginning to become an industry. Noam Layden, Gordon Chang, Rob Matty, Scott Kaplan, and more. This is The Cure Love Song on a Monday morning with sitting friends in the morning only on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
loves this song. She's somewhere in Europe right now, Wales in college. This is Harry Styles, as it was. And this one, the song of the year last night. Is that right, Lewis? It actually... No, no. It's the album one. Oh, the album That's one. That's his album, which beat Beyonce. <laughs> well, it was a great album. Yeah, it is a great I like album. Harry Styles. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my dear friend Louis Ruelas listening this morning. Of course, married to Teresa as the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Their new season starts a week from tomorrow. Frank Catania will be live in studio on Friday. So a shout out to Louis listening this morning after training somewhere in New Jersey. Wait, so he won album of the year. So what won song of the year? Uh, let's see. Lizzo, of course, won. Oh, Lizzo record, won? One record. Hold on. She song? did one. Okay. No, song was Bonnie Raitt. Just, oh, Bonnie Raitt. Just like that. Really? Bonnie yeah. Raitt? Isn't that amazing? Isn't she dead? <laughs> no. This almost killed her. Of course. Ay, ay, ay. No, just kidding. All right. We got uh, Gordon Chang coming up next. He's got all the details on the Chinese spy balloon. Nobody knows more about China, any one of these countries, than Gordon. He'll be here at 840-905, live from Phoenix, getting ready for Super Bowl 57, Rob Maddy. Rob Maddy's an interesting guy. He actually is in the office that votes on all the NFL postseason awards. So, for example, Brian Dayball should absolutely win Coach of the Year for the Giants. That team had no right winning 10 games this year and winning a road playoff game in Minnesota. No right. So he's uh, on that uh, group, I guess. MVP, all those awards. He'll join us live from Arizona at 9.05. And my very first ever radio partner, Scott Kaplan, he'll be live in studio with me in the 9 o'clock hour as well. But joining us as he does on a lot of mornings at 8.25 from the newsroom, the very talented Noam Layden. Good morning, Noam. Good morning, Sydney. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Did you see, uh, I wanted to catch you up with everything you missed over the weekend. Yeah. I don't miss much. No, you missed this. I did. So, a grocery store in Austin, Texas. You know, they have this power problem in Texas whenever it rains, like the power goes out. It's oh, been good. An issue for I hope Kyrie Irving loses power. Yeah, me too. <laughs> He's on the way to Dallas. <laughs> what was Mark Cuban thinking? Come on. Well, what he's thinking is, I got Donchick. My team is sixth in the West. Yeah. We need a spark. And Kyrie Irving is a great basketball player. But as Dr. Mark Siegel sent me yesterday, it's actually very funny. If I still have that here. Yeah, it reads, this came from a guy named David Benjamin on Twitter. Congratulations, Mark Cuban, on trading for Kyrie. I hope you have a psychiatrist on staff. <laughs> You're going to need one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So there's this uh, grocery store, Austin, Texas. Power goes out for like 48 hours after an ice storm there. Yeah. The store, <laughs> the store is called HEB. And it's not a kosher store. Oh, it's, you know who used to shop there all the time? Yeah, who's that? Don Imus. At HEB? Are you crazy? And I, once I called it HEB. Right. And he got mad at me. He's like, it's H-E-B, it's not HEB. But you remember Lou Don would always talk about shopping at HEB in Texas. Well, Apparently, um, it's not cheap to no. shop there, but it's wrong. Well, I'm supposed to be a multimillionaire. So uh, it's Howard E. Butt is the guy. I guess that's why he changed it to H-E-B. <laughs> yeah. But then H-E-B is offensive in his own way. But okay, whatever. So the power goes out, and they have to throw out all this food because all the freezers you know, go down sure. in the refrigerator. Sure. 
And someone sees them throwing just tons of food. I mean, the entire supermarket going into dumpsters. And they go online to Facebook and all the different social media sites. And they say, hey, there's free food in the dumpsters. And then all of a sudden, hundreds of people start showing up. Fights breaking out. This is it. People battling each other for meat that's been sitting out for 48 hours. That's all ranted. Uh, For, uh, you know, French toast sticks that are no longer frozen. Uh, For peas that uh, are soggy. Uh, the police are called in over the weekend. I mean, this got really oh intense. Gosh. Yeah. What what town was this? Is Austin, Texas? This is Austin, Texas. The capital, yeah. At Heave, the uh, kosher supermarket. <laughs> it's not Heave, and it's not a kosher supermarket. It was messy. Uh, some people were arrested, but uh, you tell people free food, and it's at Heave, apparently they're going to come out to get it. <laughs> the, the other story you missed over the weekend, uh, Sydney, yeah. is uh, Prince Harry... You know, he had this book that did very well. I know no. you weren't, you're not a big fan of his, but no. he, in this book, he, there was this one little big moment that everybody wanted to know about. Uh, you know, he did, uh, you know, book on tape, and here's the moment everybody was wondering about. Glorious episode with an older woman. She liked horses quite a lot and treated me not unlike a young stallion. Quick ride, after which she'd smack my rump and set me off to graze. Among the many things about it that were wrong, it happened in a grassy field behind a busy pub. Yeah, so he said he at 16 he lost his virginity to this older woman. Well, I knew about this already, but it wasn't Camilla. No. Not 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 his father's wife. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But she looked as good as... Or as bad, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this woman comes forward over the weekend. She said she was going to keep it quiet, that she he had lost her virginity to her. Yeah. Her name is Sasha Walpole. She says, I am the woman that uh, Harry lost his virginity to. I am okay. the lady that Prince Harry wrote about in his book, who he lost his virginity to. I don't mind Harry writing that it was inglorious in his book. It wasn't that glorious. <laughs> we were drunk and having sex in a field. It's never going to be glorious. I didn't know Harry was a virgin at the time. He was just a, a quickie in the field. Yeah, so time has not been good to Sasha Walpole. She's oh now... Uh, all I have to say is these couple words, and you'll know where I'm going. She is now a heavy machinery operator. No way. Yeah. Oh, Harry my... Book, I gave him a slap on the bum. I gave him a little squeeze as well. It was a bit of fun. He had a peach bum. He was young. Um, people would be more surprised that I no longer work with horses. At the moment, I'm actually a digger driver. <laughs> okay, my life she's is a digger driver. <laughs> How grotesque is she? I'm just curious. Uh, I mean, she, she's obviously fat, right? Like really know, fat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, he graduated. Did pretty well. Yeah. He went from that to Meghan Markle. Yeah, to a heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> heavy machinery <laughs> operator. That's never going to go well. <laughs> Do you have time for one more? We do. One more. Okay. Yes. So this owl, did you hear about this owl that got out of the Central Park Zoo on Friday? Yes, I did hear about it. So this. Flacco the Eurasian Eagle Owl, someone cut the cage open like some jerk. And this uh, owl gets out. So all weekend, it's been spotted. The near-term concern is that it probably won't be eating. So it would be good to get it captured as soon as possible. Looks like you settle in. Yeah, so there was this moment over the weekend where police actually had this owl surrounded on 59th and 5th Avenue. I mean, they were really, the yeah. owl was on the corner sitting there. They had him surrounded. On you know, the street. Yeah. yeah. And their, their animal team, you know, the animal team came in. There's an animal team, right? And they were just about to grab it, and it took off. So now, all weekend, you've had these bird spotters. You know, they're fanatics, these people who yeah. are st- staring for birds. They found this bird, but they can't seem to get the bird to come down from this high tree. It probably won't be eating on its own in Central Park, as it's been a captive owl 
it probably won't have uh, the skills needed to hunt. Although it might. There are a lot of rats and rats oh. in Central Park. Yeah, so the rats. worry is, is this bird doesn't know to feed itself. It's like putting a baby out sure, there who's sure. always been fed the whole life. So they they know where the bird is. Now they get somebody to climb the tree to get that <laughs> bird down. Uh, Curtis needs uh, some more work. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you want to ask Curtis, please? <laughs> That's a great job, Owen. Thank you so much. Sure. Three great stories. And Noam Layden, catch him 825 every weekday morning on Sid and Friends in the morning. Listen, folks, join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the app or going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. Enter now for this week's 77 WABC VIP Club prize. It's a visit to us here at the 77 WABC studios. Record a 77 WABC promo. Wow. What is that? What? Yeah, you get to record a promo. With, with who? Uh, I guess alone. Now oh. is your chance to work with the best and record a real 77 WABC script. Join the 77 WABC family as every week we're giving away prizes to our 77 WABC VIP members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more this week. A lucky 77 WABC VIP member will be chosen to visit the 77 WABC studios and record a 77 WABC promo. My God. Now is your chance to work with the best. <laughs> you could to work with that insane libertini, probably. And record a real 77 WABC script. Sign up for 77 WABC's VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. You'll also receive a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's 77 WABC VIP prize. Become a 77 WABC VIP like me. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Monday morning, little Depeche Mode for you, great song, I believe this is on the Violator album, is that right? That's right, oh everybody just said it. Yeah, everybody knows it, they all know it. Alright, we got the Gordon Chang on hold, and of course we shot down that Chinese spy balloon, I say this all the time, whether you're talking about China, Russia, North Korea, Japan, it doesn't matter, there is nobody better than Gordon Chang. I recommend you follow Gordon on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow. He's at Gordon G, as in good, Gordon G. Chang. And he's on this show quite a bit these days because China's about to destroy the United States, and we may as well get it directly from him. 
I can't tell you how many people, I swear this, Lou, walk up to me on the streets of New York and go, is it as bad as Gordon says? And I'm like, let me tell you something. It's worse. Much worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to scare you, but it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. With that said, here he is back after appearing just on Friday, my dear friend Gordon Chang. Gordon, good Monday morning, buddy. How are you? I'm fine, Sid, and thank you so much. You're very welcome. So we spoke on Friday, and that balloon was still hovering over Montana. You said they need to shoot it down right away. I said the same. The White House was posturing, talking about Blinken's trip to China. And then eventually, sometime on Saturday, they did shoot that balloon down. And the president said, well, we were waiting for it to be above water so the debris didn't hurt people on the ground. Is there any truth, a scintilla of truth, 0.1% truth as to what Biden said? Well, I, they did want to wait until it was over water. Um, and so that, I guess, is true. But it's worse than you suggest, because this balloon entered the United States, not in Idaho, and then went to Montana uh, and then crossed the U.S. It entered Alaskan airspace in the Aleutians. We know the track of this. It's on Twitter. Um, and it went over a significant portion of an uninhabited portion of Alaska. Well, let me stop you right there. But why didn't we just shoot it down, Gordon, once it hit the Aleutians? We should have. As soon as it hit the 12 nautical mile limit, we should have shot it down. And and it's this balloon then went from Alaska over a long portion, a long track in Canada, over uninhabited territory. And then it entered the United States and Idaho. So... Um, there is an issue here, Sid, and that is um, President Biden said that he was only briefed on this on Wednesday. And if that's indeed the case, then the American people should be asking, why didn't the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, why didn't the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, why didn't they brief the president as soon as it entered the United States? Because we could have shot it down before it collected critical intelligence across the American heartland, because it went over some of the most sensitive sites we have. Maelstrom Air Force Base, F.E. Warren Air Force Base, Offutt Air Force Base, where Strategic Command is headquartered, and very close to uh, White, uh, Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri. Wow, all this that. just unacceptable. No, it really is completely unacceptable. And so there's no question at this point, there is no question that the Chinese 100% Gordon Chang picked up some real vital information during that five-day, six-day, seven-day period. No question. Yeah, we. I believe that there is 99.999% no question. The, the issue is, did this balloon have the ability to transmit data back to China in real time? I'm almost positive that it did, because otherwise this balloon didn't make sense. Um, but, yes, we have to assume that they picked up important signals and communications oh, yeah. um, intelligence. See, this is going to sound really silly, but that's why you're on the show, and I'm completely ignorant when it comes to this stuff. But it would have been nice to know what the balloon was capable of doing and not capable of doing. So with that said, was there any way we could have retrieved this balloon without shooting it down from the sky? Uh, no, we don't have the capability to do that, Sid. It would be nice to do that because China has now a very large balloon uh, fleet. 
Um, right now, there's a balloon like this one over uh, Latin America. There have been similar balloon intrusions into the United States before and over our allies and friends like Taiwan, uh, perhaps Europe as well, as, as there is some reporting. So clearly, this is a massive Chinese campaign to gather intelligence from balloons. You know, you talk about that the balloons have been here before, and that's the first thing the Biden administration said this weekend was, hold on a second, before you start criticizing us, you do realize that the Trump presidency, the Chinese had balloons here all the time. So I saw John Bolton speaking this weekend. He said, well, I can tell you this. When I was at the White House, we never once, never once came across any of that information. Biden says it happened under Trump. Trump's people say, not that we know. What do you think? I believe Bolton. I believe Mark Esper, who was Secretary of Defense. I believe Mike Pompeo, who was Secretary of State. And I believe President Trump when all of them say that they were not briefed. And I believe that because I also believe President Biden, who said he wasn't briefed until Wednesday. And that means that there is the American people, as I said, um, we need to question why the Pentagon didn't brief um, these figures on critical national security threats to the United States. Um, and so there needs to be accountability. Well, let's I talk about people but, need to be fired. I agree, but but let, they won't be fired. But let's talk about why that was the case. I know that, for example, Blinken was on his way to China. They want to make sure that didn't get screwed up. Uh, you're a couple of days out from the State of the Union, which will take place tomorrow night. Did we, we did we not want the American people? They not want the American people to think there's a big issue between the U.S. and China. What would be some of the reasons why? the Pentagon would, in fact, not brief the president and try to sneak this past us. To me, that is inconceivable because, yes, the president of the United States might not, might uh, want to try to downplay this or not to disclose it in order to make sure that the Blinken trip went forward, in order to make sure that his other China initiatives weren't affected. But the Pentagon doesn't have um, those political considerations in mind. It has one responsibility, to brief um, the president of the United States on critical national security threats. And it completely failed to do so, according to President Biden. And as I said, I tend to believe him because I believe Bolton, Esper, Pompeo and Trump. You know, though, that if he does bring it up tomorrow night at the State of the Union, he probably won't. But if he does, he's going to beat his chest and say, listen, at the end of the day, we shot it down. As soon as he became aware of it, and we shot it down and made sure that no debris hurt anybody on the ground. So I believe that they will try to position this, these liars and bastards, they will try to position this, Gordon, as a win for the United States. Well, they will, but they will be deceiving the American public because the president of the United States, if he was not briefed until Wednesday, needs to say that my secretary of defense and my chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff failed to tell me what was going on, and I have fired them. I mean, I, I just, I know you're right, they won't be fired, but the point is there needs to be accountability because this was a failure, and the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians and the North Koreans are seeing all this and saying the U.S. national security establishment is incapable. Yeah. It's in disarray. Yeah. It is not functioning as it should. And someone needs to needs to be fired. But you know that I could rewind this tape a couple of years ago with the really, really irresponsible exit from Afghanistan. 
which 13 of our brave soldiers were killed because of that. If these guys, some of the same names, by the way, Gordon, if these guys weren't fired then, 13 American lives lost, they're going to be fired now. Yeah. Um, one can argue, Sid, that the failure in Afghanistan, and I believe this, the failure in Afghanistan is Biden's and Biden's alone. The military has to follow his orders, even if they think that those orders are misguided or prejudicial to the national security of the U.S. You know, our military has to follow the orders of the commander in chief. That was Biden's failure. Apparently what's happened now, um, I mean, Biden could be lying. But I, I, as I said, I, I actually believe that he's telling the truth. This is a failure of the Pentagon. And therefore, this is a very different type of failure. Um, you know, I just I try to figure out these spy balloons, Gordon, as you pointed out. We just destroyed one here in the United States. And, and only you would know this is how good you are, Gordon. I mean it, that they're all over the world. You mentioned France, Latin America, all these different spots. What do we do? I mean, are you aware of anything the United States does on a daily basis or a regular basis to make sure that while they're retrieving our information, we're doing something like that? Well, our intelligence gathering is done in international airspace or from international waters. For instance, we fly our P-8s across around China's coast, but we don't go anywhere near China's territorial airspace. We're usually about 125 miles or so away from the coast. Territorial airspace only goes out 12 nautical miles. What China is, do, is doing is it's violating territorial um, sovereign airspace. And so, therefore, that is different, um, significantly different. And that means also that China is also committing acts of war against these countries, including, of course, the United States. I mean, at the very least, if it's not an act of war, which it probably is, they're sticking the middle finger up. And they're saying, hey, we're going to do this in Montana, in Idaho, wherever we want in your country. And basically, they're saying, what are you going to do about it? So the question becomes, outside of shooting this thing down, what are we going to do about it? Well, I believe that we need to, first of all, cut all contact with China. Um, We need to cut mill-to-mill relations. We need to close their four consulates. We need to strip their embassy staff in Washington down to the ambassador. We need to turf out their state banks, which, by the way, are laundering fentanyl money. We need to cut all of these contacts to impose costs on China. And, And, Sid, you put your finger on something absolutely critical, and that is this was an intimidation move. Uh, in, on the part of the Chinese, which means that they are trying to bolster their propaganda narrative that the United States is incapable. That's been their narrative for about two and a half years now. And that means this was not just intelligence gathering. There was a political purpose to this. And I believe that you're, um, that you're right. This was an intimidation move. We need to show that we're not intimidated. And the president of the United States is not taking those actions that are necessary to show to the world that the United States is indeed capable. So well said. Listen, I can't thank you enough, Gordon, coming on Friday uh, when the story first break, coming on today as we further the story. You know how I feel about you, buddy. I think you're the absolute best. I really do. So thank you again for another great appearance. And uh, stay tuned because uh, I think you and I will talk again very, very soon. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, sir. I can't tell you how much. I appreciate it. Wow, thank you, man. That means thank you. That means a lot to me. Like Gordon Chang, this guy's great. Follow him on Twitter, please, at Gordon G. Chang. That's Gordon G. Chang. And what a great relationship this has become. I mean, I can't respect anybody more than I do Gordon Chang. Thank you so much. 
Lots more to do on this Monday morning. We're going to talk to uh, Rob Marty. He's live in Phoenix getting ready for Super Bowl 57 between the Eagles and Chiefs coming up on Sunday. And my very first ever radio partner in from California, Scott Kaplan, will sit in and co-host the 9 o'clock hour with me. Sitting friends in the morning. We'll be right back. Accident. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800 560 0214, for a free consultation or email. Email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is See It in the Morning. Let me do that again. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is See It and Friends in the Morning on 77 WABC. Oh, and by the way, I am way more famous than See It. Right about that. Nicely done, the genius that is Louis Rapino, knowing that my radio career started in the late 1990s with... Scott Kaplan, and here he is sitting in studio right now, live from California. Scott Kaplan, the boys are back. How about that? Very good, Lou Rufino. Nice work. You're a genius. Scotty is uh, live in studio. Scott and I worked together back in the late 1990s. Scott's gone on to become a uh, big star in the California area, San Diego, up to Los Angeles. Don't gloss over that. Big star. Big star. Like, way bigger in California than you are in New York. Is that true? No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. I figured it's been the theme this morning. No. Emmett Smith, I'm a bigger star. You're yeah. a bigger star. No, I just heard Emmett say that. If I throw that in there. Way bigger. <laughs> Way bigger. No, but you're doing great. Uh, but you're in uh, New York with some business this weekend. That's right. We had a great dinner on Saturday night. Danielle and Gable were so happy to see you. I was so happy you paid for dinner. Yeah, so uh, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I mean, it, a I, lot of money. I, I tried to look at the check. Yeah. Like when the check came, yeah. I was like, he's paying. Okay, because if you come to L.A., I'm paying. But I never come to L.A. Which is why I was demanding <laughs> right. that you pay. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, I actually did go to L.A. last March right. to film the movie Gemini Lounge. Correct. And by the way, a week from tonight is the screening. We're really excited about that. It's going to be a huge deal. Danny A. will be live in studio this Friday. When you and say, you're always busy. When you say a huge deal. Huge deal. Like bigger than 80 for Brady? I don't know about that. Okay. They had just a pretty good weekend. Just wanted to know. Just wanted to know <laughs> how big of a deal it was. And don't forget, this is just a screening. Uh, we're not in the theaters yet. Uh, gotcha. But uh, I know that did, did very well this weekend. But I was in L.A., and you were always busy. Well, you know, LeBron nonsense, or Dodger nonsense. But I also schlep from San Diego yeah. to L.A. Right. So, how long is that trip? I'm curious. You're driving, I, obviously. Yeah, about an hour 45. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you think that, longer? That's a schlep. It is. Yeah. It's too much. Why do you do it? 
Because uh, they forced me to contractually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I've been known to not do things that I've been forced to do contractually, yeah. as you know. Yes, I do. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, I could sleep at night. Yeah, no, this one's paying off pretty good. It is. It is. I actually like it because San Diego, Sid, is like a sleepy. Yes. It's like a beautiful, amazing place to live. Boring one, as hell. One of the greatest lifestyles boring, on no, the planet. Boring as hell. No, no, seriously. It's beautiful. It's pretty. The seals are great. The weather's perfect. It is so boring. Well, you got you got to hope that you see a fighter jet over the Pacific Highway. Well, it happens all the time. Monotony, it know? happens all the time. Yeah, but but San Diego is like the smaller version of L.A. And it, you're right, it's not as action packed. So I love driving into L.A. because yeah. it gives me the vibe of being in New York. I get it. You I, know? I moved to Queens, uh, Rockaway. Live on the beach. It's yeah. nice and quiet. Yep. And then I I come into the city and I get that rush. And then I can't wait to go home. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. So, but I but I do get done on the air in downtown L.A. and then go driving south, and it's you know it's an hour forty, hour forty five each way. Yeah, you lot. know, and yeah. that's without traffic. Yeah, well, my 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 trip is usually about an hour and a half to every day. All right, good. So that doesn't make me feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Right, no big deal. Yeah. So you and I covered a lot of Super Bowls together. Yep. Uh, the first time I went to work with you, uh, I had not gone yet. The first one you went to was Parcells and the Patriots. Took mm-hmm. on Favre and the Packers. Right. It was in New Orleans. New Orleans, right. You went with Allison Turner, and uh-huh. you left me back in Florida. That's how much you valued my, uh, well, my part of the show. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think back then we were doing you a favor. I think you were. You know? Yeah. Yeah, back but in those days, you were. we were protecting yeah. you from you. Right. But then the week, the Super Bowl after that, we went together. Yep. That was a good time. San Diego, that was the... Packers. 1997 Broncos. Broncos, Packers. Yep. Right. right. John Elway. Right. And then uh, the year after that, of course, was Miami. When um, Elway and the Broncos beat the Falcons. I feel like you're missing something, I may though. be missing I, one. Don't you remember Atlanta? That was 99. Okay, that, that was... was the Rams and the Titans. That yeah. was the freezing yes. rain. Yes, yes. And uh, Big Pun died. Oh, good God. <laughs> you just said freezing rain, and I see you and I walking out of some nightclub yes. in downtown Atlanta. We're by ourselves. There's nobody on the streets. I think we were at like a Dennis Rodman party. How the two of us got into this party, I have it, no it really idea. Was it wasn't. Actually, the Rodman party we went to was in Miami. This one, believe it or yeah, not. Was you, you ready for this? Yeah. I have such a great memory. Uh, it was MVP.com. Okay. Yeah? Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan. And in fact, you may remember, I almost got into a fight with Stuart Scott and your buddy from Pittsburgh, who now passed away, God rest his soul, Tony. Saragusa. He broke up the fight. Yeah. But I'm talking about you and I coming out of a nightclub. Yeah, that was and it. it was freezing. And I and, hit, and I fell. No, no, but a bus. Do you remember a bus like sliding down the street? No. Like, oh, you don't remember that. Did what it happened to your great memory? Did no, it did not. <laughs> it well, did not. Maybe that night I have a great memory. What was the other party though that you almost got into a fight with uh, somebody? I think it was. There was a receiver who played for the Cardinals, I want to say. His name was Rock and Roll Ricky Prohl. Oh, I think him, too, yeah. No, no, yeah. but, but he, I think he broke up a fight you were almost getting remember. into. I was going to fight. You said no you had idea. a great memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't remember the fights. Yeah. Uh, right now, Super Bowl 57 is about to take place on Sunday, the Eagles and the Chiefs. And our next guest is an AP writer. He's involved in all the postseason NFL awards. Very, very cool. He's uh, there at Radio Row getting ready for the big game. Looking forward to talking to him. Rob Matty on the phone all the way out in Arizona. Rob, Sid Rosenberg, and Scott Kaplan back in New York City. How are you, buddy? What's up, fellas? I need more on all these fights you almost got in. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> dude, dude yeah. you have no idea. Yeah, we were Answer young. Give me some yeah, no, we were young, and especially me, and uh, I got all fired up. And uh, long story short, a lot of really cool memories, but I'm very happy they were 25 years Yeah, but, but Rob, all of these near fights always happened because I would say to Sid, 
keep your hands out of people's faces. That's true. And he would always touch people's faces. Always, with yes. his, And I was like, oh. nobody <laughs> wants to be touched That's true. That's by true. Sydney. With his, keep your freaking hands yeah. out of my face. Yeah, I did do that. And, and, and that's what caused a lot of these problems. Dead fingers. Fights, yeah, I would have won them all. But see, Rob, thank you. For, you're off to a great start. Keep it going, Rob. You're off to a great start. I'm not sure that's true, but the good news is no fights today. No fights today. But I do want to ask you something that came up with me and Scott during the break, and that is I know you're an AP writer. I know you cover a lot of the postseason awards. How do you get that gig? How does an AP writer go from that to the guy that makes a decision as to whether or not Brian Dable, which he better win, better win, wins coach of the year? Oh, man, it, it's really easy because I don't get a vote. I just, I just assign the writers and or the panel of nationwide panel of media. So it's writers. It's people who cover the league nationally. So it's writers. It's some broadcasts, some former players we have. Some former coaches are also on that panel. All I got to do is count them. That's it. So I, I don't get a I don't get a say in who wins or loses, who finishes first, second, or third. We just count the awards. We we um, and then we announce those at the NFL Honors, which is this Thursday night. But uh, Brian Dable's a finalist. Nick Sirianni's not a finalist. He's in the Super Bowl, and he's not a finalist for the AP Coach well, that, of the that, Year, that, that's based, I thought was surprising. Well, that's based on expectations. I guess we knew coming in the Eagles would be a very good football team. The Giants, i got to tell you, the fact they won 10 games this year and a road win in Minnesota, based on the talent or lack of on that team, that's a miracle. Eagles had talent, a lot of it. Yeah, and Dable was able to take a guy like Daniel Jones and make him a serviceable, capable backup and win with him and go to the playoffs and win with him. So I, I think that does speak to a lot of what he was able to do. I think he came in, he changed the culture there. He instilled a, a, a winning attitude. Those guys started to believe in him, and that goes a long way, Sid. Rob, am I detecting some Philly in that in that accent a little bit? I, I, I grew up in Philly, but I've, I've long since been out of Philly. We moved to South Jersey, and then I, I got to – I got to Florida, and I'll never go back. Oh, yeah? What part of Florida? Me and Sid got Florida ties, too. Right outside of Tampa. So it's uh, it's beautiful waking up to palm trees and water every day, and it, it's quite enjoyable. I only go back up. Yeah, well, I was at the NFC Championship game, which was – it wasn't anything uh, – <laughs> that game was such a blowout, but uh, it, it was good to be up there and, and see that one. I covered the Eagles for 21 years, so yeah. it was a long time. Yeah, I can hear that Philly. So, you know um, – I am curious, as far as the Eagles go, getting into this game now, um, we talk about Sirianni. You know, Sid, you say that he you know, he shouldn't really be there because they had expectations, but you go back a couple of years ago. Nick Sirianni's only a second-year head coach, right? Yeah. Well, by the way, I didn't say he shouldn't be there. I'm saying that's maybe the reason why he's not there. I believe he should be there. Right. I mean, he should be a guy, because let's face it, Rob, who was Nick Sirianni before he is who he is today? Oh, that's a great question because he comes to Philly after they fired Doug Peterson, and the the thought process was that the Eagles hired somebody that they can manipulate, that they can control, that they can mold. Because if you if you remember, Doug Peterson was fired because he wanted to have full control over the coaching staff. He was a Super Bowl winning head coach, and and he said, "Hey, enough is enough with the meddling from the owner and the front office. I need to be able to control." who my coaches are. So out the door he goes, in comes Nick Sirianni, offensive coordinator from Indy. Nobody else interviewed him. It's not like he was the hot young candidate. He comes to Philly, and that was the thought. Like, Oh, the Eagles went out and they brought in somebody who will allow the owner and the GM to do what they want. The Eagles get off to a two-and-five start, guys. 
And I don't know if you remember, Nick Sirianni has a news conference where he makes a flower analogy about he put up a flower. He showed it to the team. He told them to keep watering, to keep fertilizing. You're going to get better. You're going to do this. And, and everybody wanted him fired in Philly. The media, the fans, yeah. they, they thought he didn't belong. So okay. here he is. <laughs> He's twenty-two and six since that since that flower now. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it worked. That worked well for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all know, of course, that this game on Sunday is not the big story in the NFL, and the big story, of course, is that Tom Brady retired a couple of days ago. I'll tell you something interesting. Mike Francesa said to join me here on Thursday morning. He comes on, uh, Rob. He's on with uh, Stephen A. Smith. Last week, ESPN did a Mike and the Mad Dog reunion, and it was Mike and Chris and Stephen A. And uh, Mike says, "Let me tell you something." I'll give you Brady's the best quarterback ever, but with this, he's not the best regular season quarterback ever. That was Peyton Manning. And he's not the best postseason quarterback ever. That was Joe Montana. He was only willing to give Brady the quote-unquote best quarterback ever because of the amount of years and the amount of wins. But on any given day, he would not pick Brady to play in a postseason or regular season game. Your thoughts on that? All right, I'm a guy who was going to name one of my daughters Montana after Joe, but my <laughs> yeah, wife nice. my wife vetoed that, yeah. so we went with Melina. That's and funny that, because and, I was I was going to name my son Len Marshall or Jim Burt because the way they crippled Joe Montana in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that was the point. I was just going to make that point. I never saw Tom Brady defeated or beat up. Like there were some games where Joe Montana in the playoffs had, had a tough go. I, I, I don't know how you can look at the body of work for Tom Brady and not say he's the greatest of all time. I don't care if you want to say regular season, postseason, playoffs, Super Bowl only. He's 7-3 and three in the Super Bowl. He's won all these playoff games. He's been able to do everything that you can possibly do to lift the team together. Look, he goes to Tampa Bay. Everybody said, hey, is it Brady or Belichick? It's the system. It's that He goes to Tampa Bay, and he takes the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl in his first season right. there. I think that should have ended all conversation about who's the greatest of all time. I know. It really – it actually irritated me watching that last week because I'm like, come on, Mike, really? Like, you're, you're taking from Brady. Okay. I'll give them the Super Bowls because as if that's not the goal, right? I'll give them the Super Bowls. But as far as regular season, Peyton, playoffs, Montana, but yet overarching is Brady. He's the greatest. I mean, come on. Just, just, he is the greatest quarterback we've ever I seen. I agree. And, and the story gets, it's even better. You know, I mean, when you go back to his Michigan days and he's sitting there with Lloyd Carr, his coach, and Lloyd Carr says, Tom, Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Worry about you. I don't know how we got on this Brady thing. I think it's because I mentioned the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was it. Or back, that is the biggest NFL story of the week. One more big story. We'll wrap this up here, Rob, is the Denver Broncos hired Sean Payton last week after uh, spending a year doing awful television on Fox <laughs> after his great job in New Orleans. Uh, they, uh, they gave up quite a bit to get Sean Payton. What do you think? You think Denver uh, made the right move? They gave up a lot. You think that was the right move for the Broncos bringing in Sean Payton? I'll tell you what. I need another voter. We started off talking about the, the awards and everything else. <laughs> Sean voted was was on the panel this year, so I, I got to replace him. I, I think Sean Payton's a great head coach, but you you look at what he had in New Orleans with Drew Brees and all those years, and he's still only able to win that one Super Bowl. Is he slightly overrated? Perhaps. Let's see what he can do in Denver with he's got a strong defense, he's got some weapons on offense, he's got to fix Russell Wilson. Yeah. That seems yeah. like a tough task right now. But I, I, I don't think Russell Wilson went from 
future Hall of Famer to absolutely trash quarterback overnight for a reason. I, I still okay. think he's got some talent and, and it's going to be that, – that might be what stamps – Sean Payton's Hall of Fame credentials. If he can go to Denver and and do yep. a good job there and win something, that that'll that'll prove it to me. I agree. Uh, I, I was that. at that game in Miami. That cold it was actually a cold day, believe it, it or not. It was not waiting. Uh, that was the Bears and Colts, uh, which Wayne when Prince did the halftime show. Not the Saints no, in Miami? No, the Saints, it was a cold, sunny, blustery day. But oh, they did be beat right. Peyton yeah. Manning in yeah. Miami. Yeah. Manning won in Miami when he beat the Bears in the yeah. rain. He lost to uh, Breeze in the sunny, brisk uh, February day in Miami. Hey, Rob, thank you for uh, chiming in this morning. I know that you've lived in Philadelphia and New York for a long time. You must have heard... WFAN and all those fights back and forth must have been fun for you going up, right? The ISP, FAN fights, all that good stuff. Oh, absolutely. And I was on, uh, I was on WIP at one point, uh, five, six years ago. I was a producer there back in the day. So it, it's cool to talk to you, Sid. Grew up, Thank I listened you. to you a little bit and uh, really appreciate the conversation. Now keep that rain away because you kept talking about rain in this conversation. <laughs> I, I don't want it anywhere near me here. Nah, you, yeah. you guys are going to have great weather on Sunday. Enjoy the game. You were terrific this morning, Rob. Thank you so much. God bless you. Appreciate it. Take I'm in. Guys. Rob Mighty right there on Sid and Friends in the morning. Got a lot more to do this hour. Spent some time talking to my first partner ever in this business. He found me many, many years ago, and much of my success today is because of him. He's live in studio, Scott Kaplan. Then we're going to play Sid's Take at 940. It is a movie Monday. That'll be fun. Scott's great with movies. And we'll see. You got good uh, good movie memory? No, nah, we'll see. No? All right. We'll see. Uh, these are uh, no real particular era. Not like years where I can tell you it's going to be 80s, 90s. We don't know. So it's um, it's mysterious. I'll take my chances. All right. So we'll do that. We'll do uh, Scott Kaplan and Sid Rosenberg until 10 o'clock this morning. Then, of course, Brian Kilmeade comes your way. Don't forget tomorrow, Rob Gronkowski, Larry Trump on Wednesday, Mike Francesa on Thursday, and more surprises along the way. The number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. <laughs> That's me, Sid, sitting friends in the morning, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Andrew Giuliani, who will co-host with me tomorrow, he's in twice a week, he says, Scott sounds like a really nice guy. So here's your endorsement from Andrew Giuliani. Well, I think it's because... You help me sound like a nice guy. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, I think, like, I don't usually come off as the nice guy. Right. You never do. No. Right. But on, right. now with me and you, yeah. I yeah. come off sounding like the nice guy. <laughs>
<laughs> Folks, join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. Enter now for this week's 77 WABC VIP Club prize. It's a visit to our studios here at 77 WABC and your chance to record a 77 WABC promo. Wow. That's now cool. is your chance to work with the best and record a real 77 WABC script. Join the 77 WABC family as every week we're giving away prizes to our 77 WABC VIP members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more. This week, once again, a lucky 77 WABC VIP member will be chosen to visit the 77 WABC studios and record a 77 WABC promo. Now's your chance to work with the best and record a real script. Sign up for 77 WABC's VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. You'll also receive a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's 77 WABC VIP prize. Become a 77 WABC VIP like me. That's a long promo, by the way. That was really long. Very long. Um, anyway, back here with Scott Kaplan, 930 on your Monday morning. One of the big stories here in New York today is the Brooklyn Nets yeah. traded away that jerk-off Kyrie Irving, who, mm. I have to tell you, covering sports as long as we have, yep. uh, disliked few people more yeah. than uh, Kyrie anti-Semitic remarks, racist remarks. And even though he was right during the COVID stuff, he really was, he just came off so what? What unlikely. Well, he, he, you know, he didn't want to have to get vaccinated. I know, but you know what? Is is Listen, regardless, right, wrong, different opinions, whatever. Yeah. Okay? To me, what what I don't like about Kyrie Irving and Sydney, you got to understand, the day that he says, I'm out of here, this is past Friday, yeah. right? I'm telling you that working in L.A., immediately, Laker fans assume. So did we. Who's we? Everybody in New York thought he was going to the Lakers. Okay, right. Everybody. Okay, but why? Well, because we figured the Glitz, the Hollywood, and LeBron would like to win, even though he stops playing half the time. That's a joke, too. Sits out Friday in Brooklyn, plays Saturday at the Garden. So adding one more piece, because Westbrook's not getting it done, that would help the Lakers. Yeah, but here's the thing. So if I'm the owner of the Nets, Joseph Sy, and I know that that's what Kyrie wants, which is what we all assumed is what he wanted, based on what he has done to the Nets over the course of his time, yeah. I'm not going to do anything to accommodate that request. Listen, so on Friday, I go on the air in L.A., Sid, yeah. and everybody is assuming this is going down. And I'm like, it's not. He's not going to come to the Lakers because if you're the owner of the Nets, that's giving him what he wants. You're right about that, but, but. The Nets had to get rid of him. So if the Lakers were the only suitor, which they weren't, it wouldn't matter. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't matter. So it, it was less about don't trade him to the team he wants to go to and more like we're getting rid of this guy. Now, yes, Dallas popped up, so it didn't go that way. But if the Lakers were the only team that wanted Kyrie, he'd be on the Lakers. Perhaps, but as talented as he is and knowing owners and coaches the way we do, Everybody thinks I'm the person that can handle him, you know? And I'm sure Mark Cuban, as wealthy and as famous as he is, yeah. thinks, you know what? We can get him here. We can pair him with Luca. We can maybe make him an offer to, to stay long term. And we're the organization that can help him. Yeah. You know, listen, 
anti-Semitism. Um, everybody looks at me, especially in L.A., they're like, well, you're Jewish, so, you know, you must have been offended by what he did, and that's why you don't want him on the Lakers. No. Anti-Semitism or what he posted has nothing to do with why I didn't want him on the Lakers. It's real simple. He is a terrible teammate. Terrible. And as he's a, ter- a cancer, wherever he's been. As a terrible teammate, yeah. wherever he goes, he kind of, he doesn't turn it to gold. He turns it the other direction. Oh, he explodes. My, my daughter. Now, don't forget, he actually said in Cleveland, when they came to LeBron, I'm retiring here. Then he went to Boston. He said, folks, I'm retiring here. Then he came to Brooklyn. He said, folks, I'm retiring here. Not that I'm playing here. Has he said that, that about Dallas here? He will tomorrow. Oh, he will, huh? <laughs> so he, he makes it as if this place where he is is the perfect place. Yeah. Then he implodes. The place explodes. And now you're right. Now he's in Dallas. Cuban thinks he'll fix him. They'll win games. That's a nice one-two punch with him and Luca. It'll end ugly. Guaranteed. So, oh, I, I agree. Um, which is why I said to Laker fans, hey, um, don't root for Kyrie to come to the Lakers. Root for Kyrie to go to the Clippers. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to see a team implode? Yeah. Go watch what what Kyrie does. My, so I, ironically, I, the Clippers play the Nets tonight. Yeah, that's right. Eight and a half point favorite in Brooklyn. Hey, how about this? So my daughter, who's sixteen years old, comes home one day from the mall, and she says, "Dad, check out these new dope Nikes I got." Right. So she takes them out of the box and she shows them to me, and they're like this lavender color, purpley sort of sneaker. Yeah. And she's like, how dope are these? Those are Kyrie's, right? Right. So they're Kyrie's. <laughs> so I, so, but I don't know this at this point. I have no idea. Right. So she says, um, dad, these are Kyrie's. And I said, they're what? She said, they're Kyrie's. I said, do you even know who Kyrie is? She goes, no, but the sneakers yeah, are dope. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's right? funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I said to her. Go return them. Yeah. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? Go return them. I said, if you're wearing Kyrie Irving shoes, in my opinion, what you're saying is I'm not a good teammate. I'm a, and everybody tells me that the Kyrie Nikes, I guess he doesn't have a deal with them anymore. Not anymore. Was they, they took it away? They were like the coolest Nikes. Yeah, they're nice looking sneakers. Maybe so. Yeah, uh, but I don't want my child wearing his. I agree. Name, I agree. You know, and 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 again, this is pre-anti-Semitism. This is. He refused to take the vaccine, which is fine. Everybody had the right to do that. But as a teammate, his team needed him. And so his refusal back then is what really, really soured me on who he is. And I said the same thing, and I got beaten up for it, because they said, Sid, vaccinations, health, a little more important than winning a basketball game. What if, in fact, Kyrie Irving could die from this? I said, so what? To make it a hundred million dollars, go play basketball and take the chance. I'm sure that Kyrie Irving in his life has done. I don't know this. I don't know this. I'm sure he's done some illicit drug. How do you know that? Maybe yeah, I'll take my chances. Maybe laced with something. You but just said you all don't know. All of a sudden, the vaccination I'm not going to take because well, that may kill me. But that's what Give I'm me saying. A break. All listen. All I'm saying is this: if I'm on a team and I'm I'm a superstar player and everybody's counting on me, and now you don't have me. Because I refuse to take this. Well, I would take it, me. This is, I would take so it. Would I. Because I'm a team guy. That's right. And so, you know, again, last week, it's Friday afternoon. He says what he says. Everybody in Lakerland says he's coming to the Lakers. I don't want him on the Lakers. People are like, because you're Jewish and he's anti-Semitic. Not at all. I don't even know if what he put out was because he's got hate in his heart. He does. 
it was to me. He does. I don't know. I know. All I know is this. All I know is he puts stuff out. It becomes drama. It turns into. And then, hey, would you do us a favor? I'm the owner of the team. Which have you ever heard the story that Joseph Sy tried to meet with his star player? Yeah. Hey, let's meet and talk about this. He wouldn't now, do it. Won't meet. Won't meet. Yeah. Dude, this guy's an international multi-billion-dollar business guy, and your diva player won't even meet with no, you. No, he wouldn't meet. So, but 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 the diva player did ask the owner on Thursday for four more years and two hundred million dollars, and that's when the Nets said, "Okay, you're out of here." But, but they said, but, you know, <laughs> but, but the reports were they said. Okay, we'll have a discussion about a new contract. Yeah. Here are the things we need from you. And he won't do any of them. And he's like, yeah. oh, no, no, yeah. no. I'm not doing that. I got an education, by the way, talking about your daughter and Kyrie's on NBA sneakers. Because now I go to the Y with my son Gabriel every Sunday. We played yesterday after I saw you uh, when Dale and I had lunch. And uh, I needed good basketball sneakers. Yeah. So I went to uh, Adidas. I went to Nike. I went to the NBA store. I couldn't believe the prices. Yeah. 250 bucks for this LeBron, 230 for this Giannis sneaker. So I settled in on the cheapest pair. Which were? <laughs> which were the Donovan Mitchells. They were about $110. But the, the yeah. beauty is, last week, Donovan Mitchell, in one game for the Cavaliers, scored 71 points. Right. And on that day, the Adidas store actually marked down the sneakers to $71. Oh, that's cool. And I missed it by oh, a couple geez. of days. And I had to spend another 50 bucks, and I was so upset. Is there <laughs> is there no longer a sneaker that you can buy that doesn't have somebody's name on it? Or I don't know. Or does everyone have somebody's name on I it? I think they all do. Really? Yeah, and the kids love that Why stuff. don't you go get a Jordan? It was $180. What do you care? <laughs> I don't have Kyrie Irving money. No, but you got $180. I do have that, yes. I mean, you should now, have Now I it. don't because I had to buy you dinner on Saturday night. That is true. <laughs> but if I, as I looked at the price, I, and I, I, I was trying to sneak a peek. How much was this bill yeah. that I'm sticking him with? And I feel like, um, I feel like. You want to take a guess? I feel, I, I would say pre uh, pre tip. Yeah. Did I, 480? About 500 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, right, so I, I saw it. I saw yeah, it pretty a lot good. Of money. Yeah. That was a lot of money. I really love you. Boy, now it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. That is correct, the voice man. This is sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. Another installment of Sid's Take. I am Macedonia Phil hosting in place for Justin, who's too lazy to show up to work today or actually uh, all this week. But in his place, I'll host this game. It's a movie Monday. Okay. Uh, Scott, you're yes, going to be sir. taking on Sid here. Mm-hmm. How's your uh, movie trivia? I mean, I don't think it's Knowledge. that good. Okay, I, I did it mostly sports here. I wrote the game for so sports. So you're trying to cater it to me. Yes. And Sid. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? It doesn't really matter because no one wins. We all lose in this one. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so uh, you ready to take this? Take on Sid? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Question one. What eccentric car make did Doc convert into a time machine in the movie Back to the Future? Uh, DeLorean. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. That was even sports. I don't know why I prefaced this thing, sports. Because you're a liar. That's I'm basically. a liar. The rest of sports, I promise that. What is the name of the mid-2000s boxing movie that featured a female boxer who ends the movie breaking her neck on a stool in the ring? Oh, my God. Wait, what? <laughs> I figure you don't know. And this is a gigantic spoiler for those who haven't watched it. You've had 20 years to watch it. Don't overthink it, Scott. It's, it's not that tough. Uh, a coal miner's daughter. Uh... Loser! <laughs> Come on, you, you, should, you know this. 
Million Dollar Baby. Okay. Oh, you know what? I would never have gotten that. Never. Okay. Maybe you'll get this one. In twenty in the 2022 Academy Awards, Will Smith infamously slapped Chris Rock in the right. face. This took away the attention from him winning the Oscar for Best Male Performance in which film in which he depicts Serena Williams and Venus Williams' father. Oh, okay. Because um, as soon as you said that and we were thinking boxing, I was thinking Ali. But no, this is uh, King Richard. Very good. Two for three here. Moving on to question four. The 2009 film featuring Sandra Bullock entitled The Blind Side is a biopic of which eventual Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, God. What's that kid's name? Offensive lineman. Yes. Uh, yes. Michael. Oh. Michael O something. Michael O. Oh. O. O. Michael O. Michael. <laughs> we'll give it to him. <laughs> we'll give it to him. Michael Orr. You're yeah, like yeah, literally yeah. a lateral yeah, away. Yeah. Orr. Wow. We'll give it to you. That was impressive. Very charitable from Phil. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Anything to uh, to relinquish a win away from Sid. He's going to get that million dollar baby. What do you mean? No you problem. Give it to him. What did you give it to him for? <laughs> well, we don't have to. We don't have to let him know. All right, here's the hard one. The 2004 film Miracle is based on the Miracle on Ice gold medal hockey game from the 1980 Olympics. What was the final score of that game? The final score of the, the 1980 Olympic gold medal game. game. The gold. The Russia game. Yeah, the Russia United States, USA. Russia game. Okay, yes. so not so the Russia game was different than the Finland game. Right. The Finland game was right. a gold medal game. Right. This was the oh, Russia. Oh, sorry. Game. This is yeah. This was the not the gold medal game. You're right. All right. I'm taking a stab here. You ready? Three, two. Oh, close. Four, two. Yeah, I knew it was a one-goal game. The United States won that. They did. That's kind of where the uh, miracle came from. Anybody know yes, who scored the goal? Said, uh, Mike Arruzzi. There you go. There it's you not go. on the paper, so I want to know that. Yeah. Oh, Sid's here. All right, here comes Sydney. How do you do? He got five for five. Three. <laughs> you got all five? Did you got three? Five you got for five. Three is <laughs> yeah. good. It's all kind of sports-related. Matt Rodriguez just sent me a uh, video clip. It's hilarious. It's Donald Trump, and again, his daughter, Lara, will join me on Wednesday. He's hitting a golf ball, and the ball takes off nice and high like a beautiful tee shot, and it hits the Chinese spy balloon. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> He's taking credit for taking down the Chinese spy balloon. Tremendous balloon. Tremendous. One of the great balloons we've ever seen. Tremendous golf shot. Tremendous. Better than what 7-Eleven oh, has. Funny. We've got a lot in our country. Look at this. You we've got, we've got, got dueling you know. trumps between Kaplan and Rufino. No, no, no Mine Kaplan's is all one horse. one of the best. One of the <laughs> best, actually. I know him. Well, he's great. <laughs> Let's go. What do we got here? Number one. Bill's one of the worst. Movie Monday. Let's yeah. go. Number one, what eccentric car make did Doc convert into a time machine in the movie Back to the Future? That was a uh, Christopher Lloyd De- DeLorean? Wrong. Very good. <laughs> Number two, what is the name of the mid-2000s boxing movie that featured a female boxer who ends the movie breaking her neck on oh a stool? Oh, my God, Hilary Swank. And the great Clint Eastwood was in that movie, he too. Was. Million Dollar Baby. See, I told you he got that one, no problem. Yeah. That was a great movie. Almost. Kind of award winner. Never saw it. Yeah. It's a good movie. Never yeah. saw it. You never saw it? Mm. You would love that movie. Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe you and I should go watch uh, Christy Martin fight. <laughs> Those are your yeah. two options. Right. You either love it or you there's, love it. there's nothing less attractive than watching a female box. Nothing. I mean, no, it's, it's just, common. it's gross. It's a turn on for some of us. For who? I like it. 
That's where I came up with the coal miner's dog. Yes. Yeah. So you still have to see the movie then. Now yeah. you really. Yeah. Now, now you're you more sensitive. The coal miner's Saturday daughter. Night. Interesting. I just couldn't come up with anything. But now she just died, Loretta Lynn, of course, a couple of right. weeks ago. And then last night on the Grammys, and the Grammys, somebody was playing a Loretta Lynn guitar last night. Oh, they were. Yeah. You watched the Grammys? I did the whole thing. Yeah. We didn't watch one second of it. Yeah, we hate not, all those. Really we hate them all. Why? Good. Why? A bunch of talentless buffoons, America yeah. hating degenerates. Oh, <laughs> That's why. Welcome to the Sid yeah. and Friends in the Morning right, Show. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, we don't cover athletes or entertainers that hate this country. <laughs> and number four. Number three? Three is horrible. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why? Let me I, take a guess. I'm sorry, I missed Lizzo's ass. Go ahead, number three. Number yeah, three. It was, it was big last night, too. <laughs> I'm sure. sure. I liked her shoulder pads. She was wearing these big, giant shoulder pads. Seriously? Yeah, it was cool. Was it cool? Yeah. Okay. Plus, I'm trying to get Harry Styles' outfit. Him last night. Like, I was like Harry oh, Styles. Oh, he's okay? Yeah, he's cool. Uh, he's My right? daughter loves him. Oh, because yeah. that's why, huh? That's why. I mean, he's, he's not very masculine. He's kind of gay. He's not masculine. He's gay. Yeah, he's kind of gay. I don't he wears so. dresses, bro. He wears dresses yeah, but all the time. So what? Some I know you and I like dresses. It's a normal thing for you guys. It's a publicity stunt. It's cool in there. It's cool. I like Harry Styles. I like him. Number three. Number three. You're going to get this one. In the 2022 Academy Awards, Will Smith infamously slapped Chris Rock in the face. This took the attention away from him winning the Oscar for Best Male Performance in which film in which he depicts Serena and Williams, Williams' father. Right. And uh, the trainer is a guy named Rick Macy, who my daughter Ava actually trained with in Boca Raton. And that uh, movie was King Richard. King Richard. Rick Macy's the trainer. Ava actually trained with Rick Macy. How about that? Six number ones. Venus, Serena. Uh, Sharapova, Roddick, he trained them all. Nice. Yeah. How much more information do you yeah. have on this? I have a lot of stuff. God, I mean, that's so easy. By bringing up Venus and Serena, like, why couldn't you have just left it at for which film? Right. Could have done that. Why'd you have to give so much detail? But if you really love me, he'd never bring up Venus and Serena. I know, I can't place. believe you brought up <laughs> Venus and Serena to this guy. Let's go, right. The 2009, <laughs> the 2009 film featuring Sandra Bullock entitled The Blind Side is a biopic of which eventual Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens? Michael Orr. You won the game. He beat the Giants. He beat the Giants in that Super Bowl. That was the fix when they called back the defensive touchdown that uh, Strahan scored. Remember that? Yes. No. You don't remember that? None of us do. No. 2013. That was 2013, right? Yeah. No, that was uh, 2000. Yeah, 2000, the Giants lost to the Ravens in the Super oh, Bowl. Yeah. They started 2001 yeah, yeah. by playing the Broncos on Monday night, and the next day was 9-11. See all the stuff you learn here? Wow, the very good. Yeah. Sharp. Number five. Number five. Let's go perfect here. In the 2004 film Miracle, based on the Miracle on Ice uh, hockey game between USSR and USA from the 1980 Olympics, what was the final score of that game? I got I this one. Easy. Uh, Herb Brooks, of course, was played brilliantly by um, Kirk Russell. Uh, Kirk Russell. Kirk. Uh, the final score of that game was Rosioni got the game winner, okay. and that was 3-2. to two. Uh, everyone got everyone goes three two. It was three. I said three two. Also, three to two. I knew it was a I knew it was a one goal game. What was it? Four, four three. three. Oh really? I'm, I'm with you. I thought well, it was three two. You beat me you four go. to three. <laughs> oh, I did. Just like, that was the final score of the game. That was the final oh, score of this that. game. How ironic is that? Wow. Is How about that? Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Al Michaels. Ken that's Dryden. our guy. Ken Dryden. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We'll come back and close shop with Scott and Sid right after this. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Now, this is a band... The Bono wannabe Coldplay. Got about uh, two minutes to go. That's it, huh? That's it. Got to wrap it up. Had a, a long show today. Great show as always with 
Curtis Sliwa. And uh, Rich Lowry was terrific today. Gordon Chang was great. My, Rob Maddy was terrific. Tomorrow, Rob Gronkowski. Wednesday, we'll go over the State of the Union with Lara Trump. Mike Lawler tomorrow, too. Mike Francesa Thursday and some other guests and surprises along the way. Now, you yeah. will do your L.A. ESPN show tonight from right. New York. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. It was a nice studio. Michael Kay uh, works from there, obviously. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't been there yet, but it's nice to have access to, you know, really world-class facilities. Yeah. Because uh, to, to, to leave and be able to still work, you know, halfway around the world, so it makes things so easy. So very happy about this. Good. And then uh, a nice dinner tonight, maybe afterwards? Well, I mean, I'm going to get off the air at 7 o'clock Pacific time, which is 10 p.m. Eastern time. Kind of late, kind of late. Doesn't sound like I'm going to have any no. dinner. What time's your flight in the morning? I think like 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Yeah, because i got to get back, Sid, because LeBron could potentially break Kareem's record tomorrow night Is against Oklahoma Thunder? City. Is it the Thunder? Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to land in L.A., go to a radio station, get done, go to the game. But I know he's going to do this to me. I know I'm going to have to wind up going back on Thursday because they're going to play Milwaukee on Thursday, a team that Kareem played for against a big star like Giannis. And, you know, look, could, could LeBron blow up for 40 points tomorrow night? Of course, easily yeah, against Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's going to wait for the Milwaukee game on Makes Thursday. Makes more sense. Yeah. That's a good point. Of course, uh, Kareem Luau Cinder won with Milwaukee with Oscar Robertson, by the way. And uh, that would be a better story than doing it against the right, Thunder. Right. But either way, that's uh, exciting stuff. Yeah. L.A.'s uh, good these days. The Dodgers are a great baseball team. Yeah. And, you know, the football season, Chargers made the playoffs. This is an exciting week. I mean, I'm not that into Kansas City, Philadelphia Super Bowl, but it's still the Super Bowl. Give us a prediction either way. I'll take Philadelphia to win the game. Yeah. Unfortunately. You don't like that. No, huh? I agree with you. No, I, I, just, I hate it. I just don't but like Andy Reid. I just, he just rubs me Because he's fat? No. no. You don't like fat people. Well, oh, you I'm like fat. Lizzo. Look at me. You're not fat. Well, I You're... feel fat. <laughs> Look at I do. Me. Yeah, I'm fat. James, nice to meet you, pal. Safe trip back to California. Excellent job, everybody. Lou Rapino is always tremendous job. Diego filling in nicely today. Thank you very much. Macedonia Phil, always great. Deb Valentine and Noam Layton will all be back, God willing, at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning for a Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning. Until then, from all of us, Scott and Sid, Scott Kaplan and Sid Rosenberg, to all of you, give me a piece here. Ready? Three, peace, two, one. Peace. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.